Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by the great Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, doing well. <clears throat> Getting a good start to the day here. Talk some wrestling. We got a lot to talk about. Um, Ton yeah, going on. A lot going on. So yeah, thanks for everyone who's joining us today. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, do got this going on. I've actually got an Uber Eats order like on the way for when right when this ends. I got some. Uh, Chick-fil-A breakfast that's gonna be waiting oh, for me. At my can door. someone send me can someone send me some Chick-fil-A right now? If you're in the chat, DM me and send me some Chick-fil-A. I've not had Chick-fil-A in forever. I love Chick-fil-A, but there I'm close to so many uh like fast food places around here, and Chick-fil-A is actually like 10 minutes away, and I don't feel like going 10 minutes out of my way oh, to man. get Chick-fil-A. And where I was, where the Chick-fil-A was, I was over in that area, but it was a Sunday. And so, you know, can't can't really do anything about that so someone dm me and and door dash me some chick-fil-a all right thank you there you go yes yes (laughs) then i got you know my my regular work day from home and probably gonna play some fortnite with my brother afterwards so got a got a good little kind of good little thursday going on how about you man uh you know it's it's another work work day it's been a busy week already i expect a very busy weekend with everything happening in the world of wrestling with the summer slam and and Starcast and Ric Flair's last match and all of that. I fully expect a busy weekend. So I'm just gearing up for everything, Steven Jensen. And we got a yeah. lot to talk about today. But before we quite get into everything, once again, send me some Chick-fil-A. But before we mm-hmm. quite get into everything, uh, a couple of quick, quick little businesses. Andrew Thompson is on the creator spotlight later on. We get we recorded that on our usual Tuesday. Uh spoke with Andrew Thompson of, of Post Wrestling. People know him from Post. They probably know him from your Twitter feeds. They might know him from previous work at Fightful, but Andrew, one of the one of the nicest, best dudes in, in wrestling media. So I'm really happy to talk with him. We talked to him for about 40 minutes. He have a great, great story about his favorite thing in his room. So everyone yes. stick around. Everyone stick around for that. Uh listen to us talk to, to Andrew Thompson next week, Steven Jensen. I got more surprises for you. All right. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm loading up. I'm, I'm gearing, working on some stuff uh, behind the scenes. It's in similar vein to my last surprises, I, I will <clears> say. But 
I'm, I'm trying to increase the production values here. Like uh, you got to do in TEW and uh, EWR and increase the production mm. value. So got more surprises on the production end for you. I'm I'm honing my my skills. I don't know if you saw the thumbnail I made for this. But <laughs> I was pretty proud of that one. That one was pretty good, I thought. So, yeah, man, um, your your Photoshop skills are, are improving. <laughs> I'm, I'm honing my production skills <laughs> out here. So I, I got a surprise, more surprises for Steven Jensen and everybody else next week. All right. Let's get into it and let's start. We're going to start with WWE. Only one real WWE spotlight this week because there's multiple topics to cover from this one spotlight. Do you want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. We might see professional wrestlers again in WWE, Steven Jensen, because last Friday at about 4 o'clock, WWE put out a statement that said Vince McMahon is retiring as CEO of the company. Vince has been there since 1982 when he purchased the company uh, from his father. He's taken it to the heights we've seen now. And he's also now the retirement comes as he's in a mid of allegations of sexual harassment and hush money. And that is, I mean, I don't think it's... Uh, too unfair to say that's probably a big reason why he's retiring wall street journal pointed out that or reported that it hastened his retirement decision because he's got a lot going on he's being investigated by the board he's apparently being investigated by the by the sec and uh u.s federal government uh federal officials should say as well a lot of different law firms are putting out reports of investigations so a lot going on in the world of Vince McMahon, and in the middle of it he has decided to retire uh stephanie mcmahon and nick Khan are now the co-ceos of the company and triple H is in charge of all the creative when it comes to the company. Jensen, it's a big topic. There's a lot to unpack, but initial thoughts when you just kind of saw this news come down late Friday afternoon, man. So I was working. So I was like, uh, just kind of like scrolling my Twitter feed, just like kind of sitting there. And I had to like, you know, I had a, I I didn't see the Vince tweet initially. I saw like people reacting to it. So then like I went to his feed and I was like, well, damn, like yeah, he did tweet that he's retiring. Like and it's so wild too that like that's kind of I'm not saying I don't like this because I, I love how accessible Twitter is and and how I, I love consuming my news through Twitter personally because I think it's like one of the fastest ways to get like the fastest news when it comes to stuff. And I, man, it was one of those things where I was just like. It's still weird. Like Vince, he's like 77 and like he announces his retirement on Twitter. It's so weird. We're living in a world like that now where you just like get on Twitter, make little posts and it's like, okay, I guess he's retired. That's, that's wild. Um, and then, you know, it came the same day that earlier, earlier in the same day, they had announced Triple H was coming back as COO. <clears throat> and like my, my big thing, my, my initial, my initial, to answer your question, my initial reaction was like, not surprised because well surprised and not surprised right because like I, we had talked in previous weeks i didn't think that vince would like vote himself out of his own position having the 80 percent of the stock and all that stuff but the more that these allegations keep coming out the more money that's being reported that he's the more that they're talking about how he may have been using wwe's money and not even his own personal money for this stuff the more that like keeps coming out of all this i was just like yeah, there's probably a lot of pressure on him to just to just get out of the way. Like, and 
and he's going to have to deal with that stuff on the back end too. Like that stuff's not going to just go away because he's retired. Like now he's going to have to deal with like the legal ramifications of like whatever he was doing, you know, the stuff that's coming out. So like I, I my, my biggest, um, one of my biggest questions though, that I had when I was like really thinking about it was like, how, how long did everybody involved know this was going to happen? Cause th- there, there's no way this was just like an overnight, like succession plan, you know, like it wasn't like they just woke up one day and Vince was like, all right, today's the day I just got to retire. There's too much heat coming my way. And there's no way that triple H just found out that day. Like, Oh wait, I'm back as CEO. Oh wait, I'm taking over creative. You know what I mean? Like there had to have been, Man, I don't think, I don't think it was too long because he, he stepped back uh, like a month ago. I think like mid June, uh, is when he stepped back and that's when Stephanie was named interim uh, CEO, but he was still there and created, he appeared, he, he appeared on SmackDown the same day he announced he was taking a step back. And then he was on the raw the next time. And then he was on like another episode of SmackDown. I think Titus O'Neil cuts that weird promo last week on raw. And like, I thought that was, you know, I, that was d- seemingly a Vince McMahon directive of, hey, go out there, say all this, and like th- this is what I want to say, but I can't say because it's maybe not good for me to appear on television right now. That happened on Monday. I don't think they had any plans in place by that Monday. So if it happened, it was less than a week's notice, in, in, in my opinion. Because that news came out, like when you release these news at like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock <clears throat> on a Friday, that's like news dump burial. Like that's when you want to bury news five o'clock on a Friday. And they did that an hour before. Like I was, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to plan my wedding. And I just look at my phone and Joel Pearl's messaging me because we were set to record something. He's like, I think we just got bumped. I was like, why? So and then I checked my, my Twitter feed. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess so. And it didn't hit me of like how big it actually like was. I was like, okay, Vince McMahon's retiring cool sure it did not actually hit me of like oh yeah this guy who's run the company for like 30 years now is actually out and now it's like a whole new regime of everything and then you know as more news started coming out everybody did their reactions and everything it's like okay yeah this is uh seemingly a big deal i don't think they had a long-term plan in place because they announced triple h that morning as evp of talent relations i think stephanie and nick were starting to do a little bit I would be shocked if they had more than like 24, 48 hours notice. Because I think by Monday during that Vince McMahon, Titus O'Neil promo, I don't think they had any of this in place. I think things, they realized how bad this was going to get. And then Vince decided, yeah, maybe, or somebody forced him to decide. I don't think he actually came up with the decision on his own. I think that the decision was made. Yeah, maybe you should distance yourself from, from this company right now but i don't think it was a long-term vision in place here yeah i think part of that like you just said there is is you know a conversation that probably had to be had with vince between him and people close to him and people being like listen like if you really do want what's best for your company for for the wwe and for the future of this like you have to step aside like if you're involved with this like it's gonna make every everyone look bad you're jeopardizing the the brand's reputation that you built for so long like I will say this though, like, honestly, I think this is just my own personal opinion, my own reckless speculation. Like this isn't, this is just me just thinking out loud, but like, I think that, um, 
I think Vince knew as far back as like the McAfee interview that some that there that this was a possibility. I think he knew oh, that yeah. that like things were going to be coming out, and he wanted to get out in front of the world, in front of the cameras, and like at least have his last like, see, I'm still Vince, still give you kind of a middle finger, like, hey, I'm going, I'm I'm still, in, I'm still like showing up, like he showed up at the UFC event, like he never does that kind of stuff, like he, you know, so it was like, I think even back when he did the the McAfee interview, I think he knew there was a possibility that things were going to be coming out. And also the timing of Stephanie's hiatus was very suspect. Now looking back at it, like it seems like she was taking like a few weeks off because she knew she was about to take over the company. So she probably needed a little reset to, to, you know, so it's like, I think that they, I, I think that they had a succession plan already and they knew this was a possibility, but I'm also with you where maybe it got like expedited where it was like, okay, now has today has to be the day and it's friday and it's a good time to do this and like everyone already knows what the plan is if vince goes down because not, not even just if vince has to quit the company there had to have been a plan if vince passed away just because of his age like there had to have been something in place like if this happens then this happens you know for the structure of the company um i i'm not uh real quickly no go ahead the the initial wall street journal report which came out june 15th it said the investigation for WWE, the board investigating him, reportedly began in April. So I agree with you that it, it doesn't say when in April, but I do agree with you that like Vince's McAfee interview, the whole which took place in March, um, I, I think like first week of March, and then of course his WrestleMania stuff. I think there was an inkling of stuff by that point as well. So I agree with you there. I, I don't know if there was like a full on plan even with that because. Bruce was in charge. Triple H had taken a step back. Stephanie said she was going to be taking a step back. I do think that they knew stuff. I do think that like Stephanie knew something. I do think Triple H knew something. I think that they were at Nikon. Like I think people were clued in. The board obviously knew something. And all these people are on the board. They knew something back in April. But I don't know if an actual plan came like together because we know how to find Vince McMahon is. I mean, Sean reported that his the first day that the report came out vince is backstage is like fuck (laughs) like we know how defiant (laughs) vince mcmahon is so i don't think there was any actual plan of like yeah if this happens we're gonna do this this is this i think vince was just gonna be like we're gonna operate as business as usual and then until they couldn't operate as business as usual how wild is it though that like kind of like the the how fast nick khan rose in that system oh man you know like two years yeah like two years this man went from just president to co-ceo and he released a bunch of people he made a bunch of big deals uh over the time in his company and yeah nick Khan came to power very quickly it's also crazy that you know people were writing off triple h after the nxt thing and you know in september he had the health scare um and his trip or NXT basically got taken from him, rebranded completely. Everybody's like, well, Triple H has done Vince in the McAfee interview. He's like, yeah, family has let me down. <laughs> right. And now Triple H head of creative. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for us, us wrestling fans, like on screen, that is like, that's the, the biggest thing for us, right? Because off screen, like, I don't know what kind of deals Stephanie and Nick, and, and Nick Connor are going to do. I'm sure they're going to continue to make billions of dollars for this company. The Vince, if he goes to trial, whatever happens with him is going to happen. I hope he gets what he deserves in in those in that regard. I hope everything like comes to light and he pays for uh, what he did if the if the allegations are true. Um, but that's like that's stuff that as a wrestling fan, 
as a person who watches the product, I don't care so so much about. Uh, what I do care is the weekly television that that I watch. And for the longest time, it has not been a good weekly product. And Vince McMahon's going to take a lot of blame for that as head of creative. Now Triple H is head of creative. We saw minor changes on Raw. I, I don't. I think it's foolish to expect that Triple H is going to flip the entire brand upside down in, in you know 48 hours notice. I think that was always foolish. I think you get past SummerSlam, and then you'll start to see more more bigger changes with everything. Like, what are your thoughts on Triple H taking over creative, and when you can expect maybe some of these changes being implemented? It's hard to know exactly when they'll really start making big changes. Um, but <clears throat> I'm with you as far as I think it makes sense for them to kind of put a bow on everything at SummerSlam and then kind of reset afterwards. Like you're rid of the, the brand extension, like start, start, you know, and let Triple H start picking his guys and girls that he wants to, that he wants to roll with. Like I'd imagine that guys like Kevin Owens have like a new lease on life now, you know, like there's, there's going to be guys that I think that Triple H is going to really get behind and really push. Uh, some people might get deep pushed. Like, I mean, I'd imagine Roman will still be the guy in that company, but we don't know that hundred percent for sure. Like R triple H might be like, I like Roman a lot and I, I like where he's at, but like, we need to get out. Uh, we need a few more Romans now. Like it can't just be the Roman show. Like we got to build some more stars. I think when Cody comes back, he's going to be massively over as a baby face. You know what I mean? Like they're going to have some good stuff lined up for triple H to do stuff with. Um, it's uh you know it's the, the whole the whole thing is just it's just wild all the way around like when, when it comes to the creative i i just i'm just wanting better storylines and matches that are in the entering product to improve like I, I want like you know less dq finishes i want this stuff to like most fan less 50 50 booking just just a better overall more interesting product with better matches and and, and make me feel like I'm, I'm investing in something like good stories like you know, like that's something that I think AEW does really well without trying to like directly compare the two, but like the long-term stories in AEW, I think really, really helps a product. And then the payoffs are, I mean, every now and then there's, there's a dud or, or something or a botch. I mean, it happens, but like for the most part, those storylines get paid off in my opinion, in a really good way. And WWE could be doing the same thing. Like the talent's right there. So um, I'm hoping that this causes a, a good shift in the product. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's just the, the whole thing's just wild. Cause like, I really feel like with Stephanie, with Stephanie being the CEO along with Nick Khan, I see Stephanie as being kind of like, she's like the error to Vince. Like she's a McMahon. She's his daughter. She's been around the business her whole life. She's been kind of preparing for this role her whole life to, to, to succeed Vince. Um, Nick Khan to me seems more like the business guy of the two where it's like, okay, where are the areas where we're just losing money and let's get rid of that? Like, let's make our company more profitable. Let's get us more global deals, um, you know, streaming services, so on and so forth. Like, I feel like he's going to be the link for like the business side. And then Stephanie's going to be kind of the, the error to, to Vince. And Triple H kind of ties in with that too, where, you know, and now he gets to kind of do what the fans have been waiting for for so long. Everyone who was a fan of the black and gold NXT like, this is what they all dreamed of. Like, this is like, okay, Triple H can now implement the things that we loved about NXT onto Raw and SmackDown, potentially. Um, and I also, really quick, before, I don't want to miss this point, but I think this is important. When I was saying for a while, like, 
that I thought it would be some sort of team effort like this if Vince went down, that it would be some sort of group uh, management system like this. But I also thought there's a chance they just go with Nick Khan, like as the CEO. Yeah. Like, like I didn't know for sure, you know, but I was saying if they went with just Nick Khan as the CEO, then that was going to mess with loyalty issues or loyalty of uh, the relationships. So like, guys like the undertaker and Steve Austin and those kind of guys like John Cena, guys who you'd consider to be like WWE mega stars and lifelong WWE superstars and part of that brand. When Vince left, if it was going to be Nick Khan in charge, I thought like, okay, well there, you know, the undertaker might, you know, wind up in another company or, you know, like doing stuff, you know, you might wind up in AEW, Steve Austin might pop up in AEW. So on and so just because the loyalty to Vince isn't, that's not the same The loyalty they have with Vince would not be the same as what they have with Nick Khan. But with Stephanie being there, that that's different because Stephanie being there is, is kind of like there, you know what I mean? It ties in with their loyalty to Vince. They've known Stephanie forever. Also, like they're going to be loyal to him. She's still a McMahon, you know? So it's like they're, I think that it was really smart for a lot of reasons that they're doing the, like I would have been fine if they just named Stephanie, the, the CEO, like that would have been no, no problem at all for me, but I do think it's smart the way that they've kind of groomed Tony Khan to into this position very, very quickly with his experience pre WWE and then having Stephanie, a true McMahon as a CEO also and letting triple H run the creative, which is something that triple H has wanted for a long time. The fan base has wanted for a long time. Like, so I, I think that like I am optimistic about the future of the company. So my only concerns are, well, they just take the Vince McMahon playbook that they've been given for so long and just be like, okay, we're, we're super profitable. We're just going to keep doing what we've been doing. And we're not going to really change a whole lot because what Vince was doing was working for our bottom line. Or are they going to look at it and be like, hey, Cody, what was working in AEW? Like, are there some are there some things that like we're not doing that they are? Like, hey, uh, hey, uh, Nakamura. Like when you were in New Japan, like there were little things. Like, start getting collaboration from like some of your big stars that like have experience outside of the company, and maybe start getting some input on like, hey, they, we're already making a ton of money. We're already untouchable. No sports entertainment co- company is anywhere near us globally. Like what are some things we could do to make the product better for the fans? Like we're are the money's already there. Like what can we do to make the, the show better? And they have so much great talent from all over the world that if triple H can collaborate with them and start, start getting some changes in there that, that, that make it so that, so that like the 18 to 49 gets interested again, you know, that that's their big, what they're, what they're missing. And I, and I, you know, so what do you think? Well, how do you feel about all that? Like, do you like do you expect big changes, or do you think it's going to be kind of par for the course for a while? Or what do you think? Like at the top, I don't expect much. Again, what Stephanie and Nikon do with how they make these deals and make a bunch of money, they're going to continue to make a bunch of money. I think naming Triple H head of creative was the smart move because when when Vince stepped down, there was a, a thought, and I think for for SmackDown, maybe Bruce ran part of it, but Bruce was the executive director of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, under Vince. I don't know if Bruce Pritchard commands that respect. Like if you're, uh, for example, if you're Kevin Owens and you pitch an idea and Bruce is like, yeah, I don't know about this. Like is Kevin Owens just going to be like, what, what the fuck do you know? Like, I, I don't know if Kevin Owens takes that. Well, Vince, obviously he's Vince. He, he commands that respect from everybody. You're just like, okay, sure. It's Vince. I got to listen. He's the boss. He's in charge. Bruce is, he's Bruce Pritchard. 
You know, like I just, so I think naming Triple H head of creative, there's a different level to that because Triple H does have that level of respect from one being time as, as a wrestler, everything he did there, everything he did with NXT, having that relationship with a lot of the talent and Stephanie as well. There's, there's a level of respect with her. I think it's a good thing. Triple H, uh, I think Sean reported it. Triple H said it in the meeting that was held, like there's going to be more transparency when it comes to, to talking with the talent and everything. And there will be more collaboration according to, to the report. So I do think Triple H is going to have more input with these guys. We saw what he did with NXT. Um, everybody who left NXT, everybody who was in NXT, even guys like Adam Cole, when Adam Cole left and went to AEW, he never said a bad word about like his time in NXT or Triple H or anything like that. Everyone who ended up leaving or getting released, they always said good things about Triple H and their time in NXT. And that goes a long way. And so Triple H has that respect. As far as like on-screen changes, definitely wait until after SummerSlam. I, I guess the Riddle and Rollins things that got pushed back, that was maybe a Triple H decision. We'll see kind of how they, how they play that out uh, at SummerSlam. If they end up making good with a different type of Rollins match, what they do there. But I would wait until after SummerSlam to see. And then I think Triple H will start implementing stuff fairly quickly. I don't think he's going to be like, well, Vince has this in place. Vince didn't have shit in place. Like there's no like real like long-term sure. things. Like I watched Raw and, and some of the best things they did was like the Alexa Bliss, uh, uh, her, her little interview backstage where she's like, I don't really need Lily. You know, I can kind of do my own thing. Like why are Dewdrop and Nikki Ash like, friends like what's going on here i thought that was a very good promo by alexa bliss to try to like wink wink nod nod of like yeah i don't really know what i'm doing now maybe i have some direction i'm going after the title roman reigns saying daddy's not here anymore to to theory like the way they just completely neutered theory which i'm fine with uh i thought i thought that was very good i think triple h is gonna make this turnover as quick as possible what that means i don't know i don't think he's gonna start bringing in like okay put the world title on champa put the world title on Gargano. I do think Gargano might show up at SummerSlam. Uh, I have no inside information on this. It's just Gargano, he held out long enough and now his guy's in charge. And it seems like it's coming up nicely for him to be on that main roster and get some sort of push. I think you're going to see different talent be utilized. I think you're you're going to see maybe talent that was underutilized, get a bigger push. And then you're going to see maybe more cohesion with the storylines as well. I'm not saying Triple H was... A, what he did in NXT was the perfect product. It was a lot of taking from the indies and, and pushing those guys that we all like, but Hey, it worked until yeah. AEW came around and just did it on a bigger scale and a bigger level. Uh, but I think triple H is going to have positive changes on screen that I'm looking forward to. And I I'm hoping for the best. We've talked about WWE a lot on this show in the past of how like, it's just kind of an unwatchable product a lot of times for us. Um, and now with triple H there, I think it'll be a little bit better. There's still going to be some issues. I think the the format is just going to kind of be what it was. Three hours is a lot, no matter what. And that ain't going to change. I know people are playing the clip of, oh, Triple H uh, would like Raw to be two hours. Long as USA is paying all that money, that ain't going to change at all. So you're still going to get three hours of Raw. That's always going to be a slog. I'm more interested, not, not more interested, but I am interested in how he handles certain things like Sasha Banks and Naomi. They were gone. They you know, didn't seem to get on with, with Triple H or with Vince McMahon. Triple H is there. We know how much Triple H loves Sasha Banks. We know how much Stephanie loves women's wrestling. She created the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so I'm wondering if he can like repair some of these relationships. He repaired, he repaired the Ultimate Warrior relationship. He repaired the Bruno San Martino relationship. 
I'm wondering how much he can repair some of these relationships as well. I think it's good for, I think it's good for on screen. I think it's good for off screen. I'm excited to see what happens because under Vince, things were just going to always be what they were. Maybe he hit on a few big moments and everything, but for the most part, wasn't going to be there. Triple H is there. I, I think I think the landscape has shifted a little bit, um, and we'll get into Tony's con, Tony Khan's comments uh, a little bit later on. But with Triple H, I do think there is some some shifting now that 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 makes wrestling better as a whole. Yeah, for sure. And and I haven't looked into it yet, but I know that um they did tryouts in Nashville this past or within the last couple of days. It might still be ongoing. I'm not sure, but WWE is looking at talent in Nashville right now. Yeah. Uh, prior to SummerSlam, and uh, I was seeing reports. Once again, I haven't lo- I haven't had time to look into it, but um, apparently there was a good amount of indie wrestlers at that thing, and I think oh, good. Yeah, at least that's what I heard, and or at least there was a, a handful. I don't I don't know how many because I don't know how many people attended the tryout, but it sounded like they were interested in indie wrestlers attending that. So it's one of those things where like hopefully this is a big trickle down where maybe they reconsider the whole NXT 2.0 thing. I mean. Like, I'm not saying that that's necessarily like the worst idea in the world, but, but what I do think is if the current, if the, if the Raw and SmackDown product is about to shift back more towards like in-ring wrestling and, and different storytelling and Triple H being in charge, we also, we got to also keep in mind, like this whole overhaul with like NXT level up and NXT um, and, and even NXT UK and stuff, all these, all these, because like we, that's another thing we haven't even thought about Shawn Michaels and how he might figure into this because he's been running NXT UK. And I know a lot of people don't pay attention to that show for a variety of reasons, but, but in all honesty, as like just strictly a professional wrestling show, I think it's a good show weekly. I, I cover it for the weekender and I think they have storylines that make sense in their, their matches. They have payoffs for their matches. And when there's like a pay-per-view match or a takeover, they always deliver. So it's one of those things where like, I think Shawn Michaels will probably get a lot more power over time yes. as well. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for that potentially too, you know, like, and, and I think that this really could open it up for indie wrestlers to have a foot back in the door, potentially to get into WWE and, and have their, have a little more confidence in, in the idea that if I sign with this company, now I have an actual chance, you know, whereas before, you know, years back when they were signing guys like Blake Christian and Alex Zane and and uh, and all those guys, um, I, there's some names I don't want to mention because some people have been canceled since then. I don't want to like accidentally, but there, but there's, but you know what I mean? Like they, they, uh, Anthony Henry, a lot of these guys who were like they put on 205 Live and they just did nothing with, and they were gone within like six months to a year. Now it's like if you're those guys, maybe you're like or someone like that, you're like, okay, you know what? Before I didn't have much of a future with like the way things were structured, but Triple H seems to like me and he's in charge now. Like that's like, you know, that's it's uh it's 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 interesting for a lot of reasons. Cause I think the trickle down can be very, very um beneficial for the whole WWE product if they if they go back to signing more more indie wrestlers and really trying to build their product in a different way than than what they were doing the last, you know, you know, couple of years or whatever. So I hope Triple H just establishes some consistency across the entire company. And, and this Triple H, Stephanie, Nikon, like every everybody, but mainly when it comes to like the booking and stuff. Have the people on Raw who are on Raw, have the people on SmackDown who are on SmackDown. Decide what you're going to do with NXT if you're going to kind of keep it a developmental type thing where maybe stars go go in and out. Like use these brands 
as an actual sort of territory system that they should have been doing for the longest time, but for reasons they never did a great job of establishing. I, I, that's the one of the biggest things that I want from Triple H is just establish consistency on these brands and and utilize this roster to the capability that we know that they have because it's still a great roster even with all the releases and guys leaving like it's still a a great roster and they got some talent in nxt 2.0 who could be on the main roster very shortly but like utilize this roster to the potential that it has um we it's going to take a while for triple h to like really implement everything i certainly don't expect anything really until rumble because then you, you got Survivor Series and you do the whole champion versus champion. Like maybe he, maybe he changes that uh, that format. Who knows? But like until like the Rumble is when I'm thinking Triple H will sort of really have his fingerprints on, on everything. And I, I think that's I think that's fair time for for him to really get things going and moving things around. Yeah, I think that's a good point because like the first we're come january we'll have our first ever road to wrestlemania where triple h is is in charge of what's happening between royal rumble and wrestlemania so i think that's going to be a really big that's a good point you made i think that's going to be a really a really a really important time frame for wrestling fans specifically fans of the wwe is going to be once once january rolls rolls around like what's it look like heading into WrestleMania? Cause that, that I think will, will show us a lot of kind of what the future of the company could look like. Hey, Cody, will be back. Triple H will, will put the title on him. Just put him, just put the, put the belt on him at rumble. Just not even waste any time. Just go Let's ahead go. and give, give him the belt at the rumble. Let's Cody's going to come back at SummerSlam this weekend. Just beat Seth Rollins again. Get <laughs> <Just fuck laughs> him for a fourth time. Sweep the series for, for yeah. Cody. Uh, JJ mentioned the hope wrestlers get better care, uh, better care to be paid for wrestlers insurance, pay for the travel and everything. Hey, I love these changes like behind the scenes as well. Biggie mentioned the WWE is taking care of him while he's out. I think they do that for the most part. If like a guy gets injured in the ring and things like that, like they, they take care of these guys. I would love to see more changes like that implemented of not just like full on independent. Guy. That's a big one actually of, like let these guys stream on Twitch. Okay, right. let, let them let them go on Twitch. Let them have third party stuff that they can do, so they can make money elsewhere. Because apparently Vince was very adamant about not doing that. You know, Triple H when he was in charge of NXT, he didn't care if those guys were on Twitch and stuff. But Adam Cole, that was he had to give up that shit uh, if he wanted to move up to the main roster. And it seemed like that was a Vince thing. And now that it's a different regime, maybe that'll change. Like let let these guys be able to do third party deals and you know promote if Sasha Banks is in star Wars do that kind of stuff, like promote these outside ventures for, for people. So I hope that is a change that happens off screen as well as like wrestlers get not only more freedom on screen, they get more freedom away from wrestling and they're able to do cool stuff outside of wrestling. Cause to me, that only helps build a community and build your brand as well. Like it helps build your relationships. Adam Cole's talked about it many times of like, yeah, I just I'm on Twitch and I just have this great community of people that I talk with every week. The up, up, down, down when it was at its peak, great community of things like that's the stuff that that I would like to see when it comes to off screen stuff. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think that they would have probably been able to retain 
a good amount of the wrestlers that wound up leaving had they just been able to keep their third party. I mean, there was a lot of issues that a lot of them had, but I think that was a, a big one for a lot of them was not being able to do that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and I know with our AW spotlight, we'll get to it in a second, but I really do feel like guys like Adam Cole and Aleister Black and, and others, like there was a way better chance of them staying if Triple H, if this, if this would have happened yeah. before. Yeah. Black got released. Like that's just, right. Yeah, but I do think there is a better chance now because Vince probably just saw like number and then bigger number and was like, or maybe maybe name. Uh, I just assume that they just numbered everybody. But he just saw name, number, and was like, oh, well, this guy ain't really moving the needle that much. And Nick Khan wants to slash the budget. Sure, whatever. I think right. Triple H will be a little bit more like, hey, no, I actually have plans for this guy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Like, I, I actually want to do something with him. Maybe we don't release him. We're making a ton of money. This is very, you know, hopeful. There's a there's a chance that Triple H sees the business, Stephanie sees the business a little bit different, but it seems like they got good relationships with a lot of these people. Of course, Malachi gets on Twitch right after he gets released. He's like, Vince loved me. Vince thought I was great. And then it's like, yeah, Vince thought that, like, you probably were still around. But no, Vince just saw a number he named your wrestler with tattoos number five. And then he saw a number that he didn't feel you were living up to and was like, sure, get rid of him. I think Triple H will actually see a name with all of that. And then he will see the number and be like, yeah, you know, we can justify this in some way. Uh, so I do think maybe there, maybe there will be less releases. Maybe, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. I think that Triple H, yeah. So, so Dio Loki makes a good point. Trip said it was the same guy who didn't see anything down in Prazo. This is what, when I said earlier, like Triple H had misses. 
there were some talents that he didn't see much at like we the, the Eddie Kingston tryout where he Ford rolls. He's like, wait, what is Eddie Thunder Rosa? We want you to be a referee. Like he oversaw some of that stuff. The guy had misses. He had misses when it came to scouting. He had misses when it came came to booking. So he's not perfect. I don't think any booker is really perfect. Uh, uh, so I don't expect, you know, it's not going to be perfect under Triple H. But if there's an improvement as a wrestling fan who watches the product week to week, that's what I want. Everybody's going to miss. Everybody's going to miss on talent. It's yep. just, just going to happen. But as long as there's improvement, I'm cool with that. Yep, I agree. Yep, Triple H missed on uh, on Deanna Praza big time. I agree with people saying that. Um, but like you just said, Jeremy, that's going to happen with everyone. I love Tony Khan. I, I love him as a booker. I love AEW. They they miss sometimes. I mean, they, it's gonna it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Um, because every now and then, too, like if you pay attention to stuff like NXT Level Up going on right now, I mean, there's even people that that like weren't that, that like weren't named on the indies or anything like they're there's still guys that that things like have been in place even in that system. Like there's like Malik blade and, uh, and Idris and Afe and these guys who like, they have a lot of potential. Like you don't have, it doesn't have to all be like indie guys and girls and stuff. Like you can create your own talent if you just push them the right way and like, let them really like work their way up the, up the card. Um, so no, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. Like there's going to be misses, um, here and there. Gianna was a big one. I'm with you guys hundred percent. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I bet you anything. If Triple H could have that one back, if she becomes available, he'll he'll be interested. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, some, and that happens too. Drew McIntyre, uh, he was missed on the main roster despite being the chosen one. Reinvented himself all, throughout the independent scene, came back. Look at him now, like that yeah. happens. Reinvented so maybe, himself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe, uh, you know, it just wasn't Deanna's time. There was a lot of talent in front of her. She couldn't get through. I, I do think that was still a miss. She's improved. She She's gotten more comfortable. She was in a, a system that she could thrive in. And now maybe she comes back when and if she's she's a free agent. And she is treated like the big deal that she actually is. So we will uh, we will see on that. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping for the best when it comes to, to Triple H. I'm, I'm optimistic. Me too. I haven't been optimistic in, about a WWE product in a very long time. But I am optimistic. I'm optimistic. And as much as people think I'm a WWE hater or whatever, like I've supported the product adamantly for like 30 years. I want it to be good. I want to watch it. I want to get excited for it. I'm giving it a chance. Like I want it to be good. I'm hoping SummerSlam is an awesome show. I really am. You going to watch, um, you know, watch SmackDown on Friday. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely watch, I'll definitely watch SummerSlam for sure. So yeah. And SummerSlam should be a fine show. Yeah. But SummerSlam is like the last like holdover over um holdover of like the Vince era. And yeah, yeah. I don't think Triple H is making big changes to Summer. But maybe, maybe he just maybe Liv Morgan beats Ronda Rousey. You know what, Triple mm. H? If you wanna impress me, if you wanna prove this is a new regime and you're gonna do something different, Liv Morgan clean over Ronda Rousey in 30 seconds or less. Do that for me, Triple H. Otherwise, I got no faith in you. I'm taking away your gift basket mm-hmm. if you don't do that for me, Triple H. Liv Morgan is tapping out hard at SummerSlam to Ronda Rousey. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on just because I, I, you know, we got to get to the other topics. Although, obviously, Vince and Triple H, that's a massive, massive topic. So, you'll, y'all hear me and Jeremy talk about that, I'm sure, a lot over the next few weeks. 
I'm not talking about it ever again. <laughs> uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Actually, it was a very good show last well, night. Fantastic uh, show. Tremendous show. One of the best shows ever they've ever done. Um, but we're not going to talk too much about the show just yet. We are going to talk about what Tony Khan said on Busted Open Radio, where, you know, when Triple H came into power, everybody on Twitter is like, oh, he's going to bring back all the NXT guys who left. Adam Cole is just going to leave AEW. Malachi is just going to leave AEW. Kyle O'Reilly, all these guys are just going to magically leave. Tony Khan's like, eh, fuck all that. Like, nah, these guys, Adam Cole's here until 2027. Malachi's got like five years left on his deal. These guys, these guys ain't going anywhere anytime soon they're not magically just gonna up and leave he did admit that like there, there might be some changes uh you know th- things have shifted he thinks it's good for the wrestling world and i agree with him but these guys ain't just leaving aew next week just because triple h is back and it was i thought tony khan was smart in saying that shutting that down very quickly uh him saying i'm not a, a you know i'm very amused by this his overall tone amused me with the with the interview but uh, yeah, these guys ain't magically leaving. I, d- I still think it's a good thing for wrestling. And look, if, if this if last night's show was Tony Khan's response to Triple H taking over, being like, "Hey, we're gonna push Hook, we're gonna push Daniel Garcia," uh, then I'm I'm good with all that because I thought last night's show was great. So did I. I thought last night's show did an awesome job of like continuing to set up the future for AEW, which we'll talk a little bit more in depth when we get to your spotlight with that. Um, I thought the show last night was great. I really did. I I, just, I thoroughly enjoyed it from top to bottom. Um, the the Adam the reason I, I wanted the to spotlight the whole uh, the long term contracts for Adam Cole and, and Alistair Black is because I'm sure they're not the only ones on on deals like that. And part of me is just funny to think about like someone like Adam Cole, even though he he didn't have this big blow up with the WWE or like burn a bridge, and he has spoken highly of his time there and everything. But even he, him, like, who seems like the nicest guy in the world, like Adam Cole really seems like just like <laughs> this great human being yes. by all accounts. And like, even he was so over the WWE that he's like, yeah, I'll take a five, six year deal with AEW. Like, I, I have no intention of going back. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty wild when you think about it, because in today's day and age, like there's obviously there's job security and signing a contract that long, obviously. But I think in most cases, people would prefer to have shorter contracts than that if they could, just because, you know, when you're that valuable, you like to be able to test free agency and the market's constantly changing and your value could be way higher five years from now, but, but it also could be lower. You could get hurt. I mean, a lot of things could happen. There's definitely job security and that stuff. But when I look at stuff like esports, for instance, they usually sign like one year deals or like two year deals. It usually doesn't go beyond like two years. That's a different thing. But like the, the idea is that the landscape changes so fast that like you like having your freedom and being able to choose different organizations and be able to kind of always, always be able to gauge your own value. And I just thought that was really interesting that a guy like Adam Cole or a guy like Aleister Black would be like, Cool. I'll, yeah, I'll take a five-year deal with this company. Like that's how much they value and 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 see their future in AEW and how little they cared to go back to the WWE is kind of how I felt. If you're going to sign a deal for that long, you know, I mean, even like the EVPs when when AEW started, those were what like like three-year deals. Like when Cody left, yeah, three years with a, with an option. With an option, right? So it's like those are you know what I'm saying? Like that seems like more like the timeline that I kind of expect to see. But like a big five-year deal, like that's. That's once again, that's a guy like Adam Cole showing a lot of a lot of faith 
in AEW and just really not having any intention of going back to WWE. Now I think that had Triple H been in power and, and now things might be a little different going forward for some talent because now they're going to be like, hey, I mean, a guy like MJF, he might be sitting there talking to Cody on the phone and being like, yo, like what's Triple H think about me? You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause like, you know, cause we know Triple H and Cody are, you know, as, as much as everyone thinks that they hate each other, like Triple H has said plenty of times, or Cody said plenty of times, Triple H is his favorite wrestler of all time. You know what I mean? Like, so I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I really, I'm interested to see how many people kind of backpedal a little bit on their stance of like, I'm never going to go back to work for the WWE now that things have changed there. And I just think that it was interesting to know that, um, Adam Cole and Malachi Black are signed until like 2027. So good for them for getting, uh, you know, great long-term contracts that give them job security and, and keep them in my opinion, my, the, you know, my, my favorite company in the world. But, um, but yeah, I, did you find that interesting as well? Cause those are long, those are long deals. The, the Cole deal was, was very interesting. Cause I didn't realize like, apparently it seemed like he also just like resigned a new deal as well because the way tony made it seem is like he had signed maybe i don't know if it was a short deal or he just added an extra year uh but but his wording and i'll get the wording here in a second um but i know kyle o'reilly signed a five-year deal as well he he had mentioned that so right. it's not that like these long-term contracts in AEW seems like with the these newer guys like that seems to be what sort of the standard is with with, with AEW. so to, tony's exact comments um uh adam cole is signed until 2027 now and so the now made me believe that like oh did he get like because he he debuted in 2021 so that's actually like a i guess it's a five-year deal i mean i can't i'm terrible at math um but it, it the now made it seem like maybe it was a shorter deal and then years got tacked on or something like that regardless the five-year deal doesn't seem like it's not not standard in, in AEW. it seems sure. like they signed a lot of these guys coming in to, to five years deals and they got them locked up and i'm sure a or these guys appreciated the uh the long-term security on this stuff and yeah maybe they thought like well wwe ain't gonna change in five years maybe that's a little bit foolish thinking that like hey nothing's really gonna change in wwe in five years i'll just stay here and i'll be good i probably would have gone a, a shorter term deal thinking that yeah it's, it's gonna change i look at it very much from a real real sports perspective of I'm more likely to sign a shorter term deal and then then I can weigh my options especially like if you're a wrestler like where your your peak is based on booking and things like that and like for some people they're not peaking until like their 40s you know pro, pro athletes their their prime is in the mid 20s to to early 30s um so if you're in that term like sure sign a long term contract and then if you decline you you're still making a bunch of money um otherwise like maybe if you're an older player like sign a short-term contract i would probably like sign a short-term contract though just knowing how crazy the wrestling landscape is i would you know go maybe go back to wwe and the, maybe they'll offer me a little bit more because we kind of saw with cody like if you have a nice little run in AEW, maybe they'll treat you better when you go back to wwe i think a big point that that needs to be made here is i don't think tony khan should worry so much about losing Adam Cole and Malachi Black and all these former WWE and NXT guys that they're bringing in. It's the guys like MJF. It, it, it's the guys like Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And they're on long-term contracts too. But just, just as an example, I don't know the full details of any of these contracts. 
it's those guys. It's the guys like Ricky Starks that these other guys are coming in. And they, this is all prior to last night is my thinking. And then we'll kind of get into to last night. Um, it, it's those guys that I'd be worried about losing of like, hey, I was like helping carry this company through a pandemic. I was like kind of an original guy here. And now all of a sudden I'm not getting featured as much because you want to push the Adam Coles, the Bryant Danielsons, the CM Punks. Like, let me see what WWE has going on. Considering uh, the value they they place on like, oh, you're coming from the other side. Now Triple H is there. He might see what Tony Khan has done and be like, okay, well, we can do this too. Like, I can take your talent that, that have decided to leave and I can put them in good positions. So that's where I would be worried if I was Tony Khan. Not so much losing. Well, these guys were thrived in the NXT system under Triple H. They, I'm worried they're going to go back. Well, I'm not worried because they have five-year job. I'd be worried about the guys who have deals coming up who are like, let me see what WWE can do for me. That's where I would be worried. And last night, I don't know if it was a direct response to all of that, but last night was a good start of like, yeah, I'm going to take care of these uh, young talents as well and, and showcase them, and they're going to be just fine under me too. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I've talked about this on the show before where I, I was saying that there's a good chance that you know, because WWE's had such a hard time building their own stars for so long that I'm like, they're just going to let AEW do it for them. Like, let AEW build guys like Jungle Boy and Ricky Starks and Sammy Guevara and so on and so forth. And then, like, if they become available and AEW is, is has them, you know, off to the side for ex-WWE talent, that they don't even need to do... Like, they'd have to push them on their own television show, obviously, like, to get that perception. But, like, it's one of those things that's like, you take a Jungle Boy and be like, okay, he's still in his mid twenties, like he could be a star for us for forever. And he's already got the TV exposure and a fan base, you know, like that's, these people are going to have big advantages coming in. Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, I, I, I definitely want to talk about the Ricky Stark stuff because I, that, that, that gets me excited seeing the, seeing where the future's heading for a lot of these talents. And, and I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I think that, uh, AEW, they they need to be they need to be careful about like i mean i get it it's a seesaw like you you can't just not push cm punk right now you can't right. just not push brian danielson but but when you have the up-and-coming talent like daniel garcia and in wheeler yuda and and ricky stars and so on and so forth it's like AEW has already proven that they're not afraid to start getting them in the mix with those top talents. And, and sometimes they're going to beat those top talents and it keeps it to where it looks like they're on the same level or, or at least approaching the same level as these big stars from these other companies and stuff. So yeah, this, this is good I, stuff. And, and real, real quickly, I wouldn't, I would worry about the guys. The women is who I would worry about yeah. because if you ain't Britt Baker, or, or Thunder Rosa, or Jade Cargill, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of TV time for, for some of these women. And Triple H, we know, again, loves women's wrestling. Stephanie invented women's wrestling. That's where I'm looking at if, if I'm a female in AEW, of like, hey, maybe things are a little bit better in WWE, and maybe I'll get more of an opportunity over there. So I maybe not worry so much about the, the young young uh, males over there, but the, the females on the AEW roster, that's if I'm Tony Khan, where I would be a little bit concerned of like, oh yeah, they might leave and head over to WWE where they see a little bit more opportunity. Uh, I think the, the female side in AEW, 
there, there's still issues there for me. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Um, I think that's a really good point. And also one, one, one other thing that we always have to keep in mind, one advantage WWE is always going to have over any other company is most of the wrestlers that are in the game currently, they didn't grow up wanting to be AEW wrestlers because AEW didn't exist. Like they grew up wanting to be WWE superstars. A lot of, a lot of them. And it's one of those things where that seemed unattainable with Vince around for a lot of those wrestlers. And now it might seem like a possibility. So like, you know, they're always going to have that little advantage too of like someone like MJF growing up, wanting to be a WWE wrestler his whole life. And now this might be a possibility, you know, and you always got to keep that in mind too. As much as I love AEW and what they're doing, a lot of these wrestlers goals were to be, were to work for the WWE one day. So, you know, we all, you, they're always going to have that little bit of advantage when it comes, when it comes to that for, for a lot of these wrestlers. So. Yeah. Um, on the subject of Ricky Starks, this was, this was yes. my spotlight of like, everyone knows big Ricky Starks fan. Um, I have been pushing for him to get, get opportunities for a long time, despite my, my fake rivalry with him. Um, he's gotten Mike time over the past couple of weeks. He's gotten a wrestle, Last night he did lose the hook, but then he cut a very great impassioned promo about like wanting the opportunities, not wanting to wait. Like, my time, my time is out. And then Hobbs turned on him. I think Ricky Starks, like he he already had all the potential in the world to be like one of the top heels in the company. And he has all the potential in the world to be one of the top baby faces in the company. I tweeted it last night after Hobbs hit him. Like Ricky Starks about to be the biggest baby face in this company. It, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that this was a big-time elevation of Ricky Starks. It seemed that way based on, you know, everything that and how it played out. It seemed like this is going to be a big elevation for Ricky Starks, but you never know. Hobbs could beat him. Starks could be lost in the mix. You never know with this kind of stuff. There, There's very rare, sure things in wrestling booking because of how things change on the daily. But last night seemed like a big sign that Ricky Starks is in line to get elevated up there as one of the top baby faces in the company. And I think that's the right call because this guy has all the tools and I love that he's finally getting his time to shine on the microphone and in the ring. When people might not realize he's wrestled for like two decades, like he's been yeah. around for like forever. Yeah. Um. So like, this isn't even a case of like some, like, I mean, he's still young, but you know what I mean? It isn't one of those, it isn't one of these things where it's like a guy who just came out of nowhere who, like I remember watching him on the Indies and like in the National Wrestling Alliance and all this. Like he's that guy has. I remember him doing like enhancement work for the WWE. Like he's been bullied by Ryback. Yeah, that's right. Like this dude has been through it, and like he's and he's still grinding. He's still getting better, um, which is which is great. And I know he was he was another one of those guys that like Cody speaks really really highly of. He still talks um, to Cody. He still yeah, talks to Cody. Yeah. So. So, you know, I know people hear me talk about Cody a lot and stuff, but the, but the the reason I say that, though, is because, like, I feel like that means something. Like, Co you know, Cody meant a lot to AEW, and he had a lot of, and, and like, the the young talent and, and helping develop them on the show, and, and he really would always spotlight Ricky Starks as, like, this guy could be the star of the whole thing, you know? And and I think that, you know, I think that him as a babyface is going to work even better than him as a heel, uh, going forward uh the fans want to cheer him already um very charismatic uh great in the ring very athletic um still young i mean he he checks every box you would want out of out of someone you're gonna push as a as a big star in your company and i can say the same stuff about hobbs to a degree hobbs doesn't have quite the you know the level of experience 
but with his um with his size and in how athletic he is and how much he's improved since he just even since joining AEW, um, I think this is going to be mutually beneficial to both guys, which is a great thing. I think that Starks is going to come out of it as a, a massive baby face. I think Hobbs is going to become an even better and, and kind of more well-known heel. And uh, I'm hoping that Ricky wins the feud just because I think that, I think that, I, like I listen, Hobbs' future is super bright. Like I undoubtedly, like I think both guys are future AEW World Champions, Hobbs and Starks. But if it was me personally right now, I think you need to take the momentum off of last night's segment. And the thing with Stark and Money Marks says Starks is thirty two. That's actually a real a lot of wrestlers. That's like their prime is around yeah. that age. So like that that's great for Starks that he's thirty two. And it's one of those things. that's like I just. I feel like based on the reaction last night too of everything, like both guys are money. Um, but I feel like it would really benefit Starks as a baby face to win this feud. Um, so that's just me personally, but I think both guys are going to come out looking way better after their feud going forward because of, because of their feud. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll get multiple matches between the two and it'll be like an actual real feud, a real rivalry with some really great matches and some great payoffs of these stories, I feel like. So, um, and I was excited. And, and here's another thing. I didn't see the heel turn coming or the, the the turn coming at all from Hobbs. So, and I thought also to shout out to Hook, like, I mean, super over. I love seeing the orange trunks. It was cool hearing Taz on commentary during it. Like, and the way that Starks reacted, the whole thing was cool. Like he goes out there, he beats Danhausen. He loses to Hook, but then he dabs Hook afterwards, like shows him respect and like they're still friends. And then it cuts this great babyface promo. And right when you're like, okay, him and Powerhouse, like tag team, babyface tag team now, like, okay, like they were real close to the titles. Maybe this is what puts them over the edge. And then Hobbs just waffles him. That like, looked brutal. <laughs> that, looked, yeah, that, that looked very real. The way that yes. he hit him from the side, from the side of the head like that. Or in the neck. So um, so yeah, I didn't see the turn coming. And um, I was just gonna say I, I shouldn't Hobbs didn't turn, but you know what I mean. The, the Hobbs turning on Starks, I didn't see right. coming. And Ricky Starks, it looks like he's off to the races as, as a baby face going forward. I think this accomplished a lot, and both guys are gonna be better um on the back end from from whatever happens out of this feud between the two. There's still more to to play out on this too, because as you said. Hook and Hobbs dapped up after the bat or Hook and, and Ricky dapped up after the match. So it seemed like they were fine. Taz was like stunned when Hobbs hit Ricky. He was like, Oh, what the what the fuck happened there? Um, so now we'll and Hook's like a baby face. Like I know he's yes. like part of Team Taz and everything, but like team went Dan Housen always gets a big reaction. Like he's kind of big time mega baby face. So now we'll see kind of where Team Taz goes if maybe they're Maybe they become a babyface team with, with Hook and, and Ricky Starks. I don't know how all this is going to play out. They can go in a few different directions. Maybe Powerhouse Hobbs is on his own. Maybe Taz Lee. I think Hobbs needs Taz on the mic a little bit, certainly more than Ricky does. Uh, but they they got their options on what they want to do with Team Taz coming out of the split. Dude, I would have Hobbs pair up with like with like Stokely Hathaway and Jade or something like that. Like. Because do like Stokely talking up uh, Hobbs, that would be great. I think, especially with the dynamic of the height. You know what I mean? I, I love when I love when Stokely is managing someone who's like way bigger than he is. I just yeah. it's just like it just comes <laughs> even with Jade. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like that. But 
him next to the Hobbs. Because I always thought thought it was such a huge miss for the WWE that they didn't have Stokely and O. I know that Stokely and Omos were together very briefly, like years ago. But I thought that would have been just a perfect visual for Omos on Raw, having a guy like Stokely who doesn't even go up to his hips, you know, like just talking all this trash for him. I think something like that would be really cool. Like if 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 Hobbs, because I think Taz being the mouthpiece for Hobbs works really well. But I think Stokely would be able to kill it as well. I mean, like, so they're they have really good options in AEW if they want to move him away from Taz. I think everybody should be managed by Stokely Hathaway, even if they're very good on the mic. Uh, let's let's get into our um, other spotlight, Stephen Jensen. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Straight up the middle, Stephen Jensen. That's what NWA is doing. I can't believe I'm <laughs> leading with this over oh, no. Jonathan Gresham, which is actually an important topic. But okay. I, you know, try to tie it in. Uh, Nick Aldis pulled from the title match, replaced by Tyrus. And then Corgan's like, Nick Aldis is politicking. And then Nick Aldis is like, I'm not politicking. I carried this company. It all seems like one giant work. And it's not a good one. And I don't know what they're trying. Like, they're trying to get some type of buzz because NWA 74, they, they put the title back on Trevor Murdoch. Bless Trevor Murdoch. He ain't drawing much. For them, I think Nick Aldis is drawing much at, at this point either. But then replace it with Tyrus. Like Tyrus has go away heat. He does not have heat of hey, let's tune in to see what Tyrus does. It's let's not tune in at all because who the fuck wants to watch the quite possibly the worst television wrestler in the world? And I don't think I'm making a bold statement no, no. by saying that. True, like yeah. he's awful. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here, but they're trying to do something with all of this. And hey, they got us talking about it. I was like, yeah, this seems important enough <laughs> to talk about. But I'm talking about it mainly to bury it because I think it's just awful, like awful television. Half of it's not even playing out on television. It's playing out on busted open radio. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's just awful stuff to try to garner buzz for your show that clearly doesn't have a lot of buzz. going. The fact that Trevor Murdoch couldn't get an NWA world title defense on this Conrad show that's running this weekend. They couldn't get the NWA world title on this show this weekend. That says something to me of how devalued the NWA is right now. That Conrad and David Crockett, Ric Flair, are like, hey, maybe we should have the title that Flair is kind of most associated with. Maybe we should have a title match on our big show this week. Nope, not there. Maybe if all this was champion, they would have it. I don't know. But NWA, not even in the mud. Just it feels five feet deep right now, and someone's gonna dig that extra foot. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's rough, right? Because like you know, I I, I review NWA for the weekender, and yeah, no, I know. So I'm I keep up with the product. It's not always a terrible show. Sometimes it is. Uh, sometimes it's okay. But you know the the thing with Tyrus is this: like all. All politics aside, because I, I I get there's a lot of people that don't like that he does the stuff on Fox News and, and so on and so forth. Just taking all of that out of it, just strictly as a fan of professional wrestling, he's essentially immobile. He in and he is just Sucks. bad matches. It's just bad Awful. matches. Yeah. He hurt and, uh Mims. I think he faced Mims in his yeah. last match, and he just hurt him. He's awful. Yeah, no, I I agree. And, and it's one of those things where, like, what's so frustrating about it, it isn't just that, like, it's one thing if he's just on the show, right? And it's like, okay, it's the t- it's time for Tyrus, and, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get out of it, but, like, it just is what it is. 
but it's a different thing when it's he's the television champion who's now made like all the title defenses he needs to get a world title shot he's eyeing the tag team championships as well right now and is about to get a world title shot on the pay-per-view so it's like you're real like you're making it seem like tyrus could hold all the titles in your company soon is like how it seems like it's being built and it's like of all the people in the world of wrestling that you could have done this with, I get it. Corrigan's probably sitting there going, okay, well, it gets our belt on, on national television and people recognize Tyrus in the supermarket and this and that. And it's like, I don't think anybody recognizes Tyrus. I, I think he gets recognized because of his look. Like he's, he's a huge guy. Like people probably see him and they're like, he must, who is that guy? Um, I don't know. I'm not saying he's like famous or like super. I'm, I'm just saying like, I could understand the idea that Corrigan thinks that this guy is like a recognizable figure mainly because of the stuff on Fox, but I, he's not good. He's just not a good professional wrestler. And it's, and it's sad to see that this is the company, the, the direction the company is going in with all this. Um, the stuff, the stuff with Nick, all this is strange too. Like you said, like, it seems like a giant work. Um, I, I guess the payoff is Nick, all conquering hero as well. Like, I guess because that's even confusing because just a couple weeks ago, like when they were doing the stuff to qualify for that uh, four way that all this wound up winning to get a title shot, building up to that four way, all this was like taking cheap wins to get there. So like he was a heel like during this and then he winds up winning the four way to become the normal contender and the, 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 what do they call it? The race to the chase or whatever they called that. And it's like, so all this wins this whole thing. And then all of a sudden on busted open radio, they just announced that, okay, all this is getting pulled and it's going to be Tyrus instead. It's just not, I mean, Plugo mentioned that I say this on the weekend or all the time, the Pope, that would have made sense. Cause like, he's never held the belt and like, he's over at least like, I mean, like there's, there, there's, there's other people that could have went with. I, I actually, I like Trevor Murdoch. I do. I think for that. Dude, Trevor Murdoch's a well. baby face. Like he's a baby face. I think right. this makes a little bit of sense if it's Cardona and Corgan is playing. I guess Corgan is an evil authority figure. I don't think anybody comes off looking good on this. I, I think the whoever is, we live in a world of black and white. Uh, I think it's just, it's not good booking. It's not good storytelling. I don't think any of it is super interesting if I'm a fan who watches the product, which I don't really watch the product, but I just wanted to spotlight it because I think it's dumb. Yeah. Well, I, I, if I make a prediction right now, I think Tyrus is going to probably win the championship. Like, cause there's no other reason to think he won't. He's undefeated in the company and just keeps, just keeps beating everybody with heart punches. I mean, it's like, it's bad. He's so. awful. Don't point. If you are any type of wrestling promotion, don't book. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Tyrus, just don't do it. All right, and let, or if you're going to book them, one-minute matches. If you want to build them up in one-minute squash matches for some reason, sure. He's not good. He's not a good professional wrestler. Just, yeah. just not. And I have no interest in watching him at all. Uh, let's move on because I do want to talk yeah. about this Jonathan Gresham topic. Uh, Jonathan Gresham lost the ROH World Title to Claudio Casagnoli at ROH Death Before Dishonor, which was a great show. Everyone should should check that out. FTR Briscoe's Rock. Um, a lot of great matches on that show. And then, according to Sean Ross Sapp, Gresham uh, reportedly asked for his release. Got into a heated conversation with Tony Khan. Was confused about what the what the booking was and where he was supposed to go and everything. I said it. Maybe it was last week. I, I said it whenever we talked about, I, th- I think it was last week. I said Gresham should win. I said I was confused by the heel turn because I didn't think him aligning with Tully Blanchard made much sense. And then in the pre-show, <laughs> we learned that Prince Nana just bought out Tully Blanchard Enterprises. And now it's the embassy, which is probably better. It fits ROH yeah. more than Tully Blanchard Enterprises. But it still, it was like, okay, well, then Gresham turned and aligned with Tully because Tully reached out for him. But now Tully's selling the, the stuff. It didn't make any sense to me. It still didn't make sense. And then after watching Gresham lose and this all coming out, this makes the most sense to me. Because if I'm trying to get in Gresham and I don't know what's happening with, uh, you know, with ROH and where my position is, everything, I'm pro- I'm a little agitated too. Because I helped carry this company during the pandemic. I helped keep them relevant after the pandemic by defending the title on different promotions, including Impact Television. Like if I'm Gresham and then this comes in and then I'm just, cast aside for guys who are under AEW contract, I'm not happy either. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, it's, yeah. He's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place in a lot of, in a lot of ways, I feel like, because I'm not saying that him feeling that way isn't justified. Cause like, I, I get where he's coming from and I, and I understand where you're coming from too, because I feel the same way. Like um, just for what it's worth, that whole group, the embassy, like I don't think Brian cage really fits well with like the, um, uh, the what the, the tag team the uh savages gates of agony gates of yeah. agony i'm getting them confused with like the with juicy finale and jacob Batu, the the uh, savages simone savages is that what they're calling themselves now anyways the the, the that group just doesn't make a lot of sense with him and gresham and like it really didn't make sense with totally around but i do like prince nana being involved in the embassy that that's kind of cool but if i but if you're gresham i understand the 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 um I understand the, the reservations there where you're like, because even before winning the world championship, he was really carrying the company on his back as a pure champion. And like, he, yeah. I mean, he's put a lot of time and effort into this brand and being the faces of it. But, if, but if you're Gresham, like it's, it's tough. Cause like, I don't, I don't know what conversation went on between him and him and Tony and how much it blew up. But, but apparently that happened before they wrestled. Oh, him and Claudio. And you could kind of tell because like the match was only like 11 or 12 minutes long and Gresham didn't come out. It was very abrupt. Like, yeah, it, it was. was. Out of nowhere. It, me and Doug talked about this and I thought Doug brought up a good point. He was like, Gresham didn't wear like the big, the big robe and jacket or like the yeah. octopus mask. And like, it just kind of, it kind of seemed like when MJF came out and just got squashed by Wardlow and just bailed. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I mean, he got carried out on the stretcher, but you know what I mean? It just kind of had that kind of vibe of like, all right, let's just get this over with, you know? And, but if you're Gresham and you, and you've burned that bridge, which I don't know if he has or not, I'm just speculating here, but it's like, if you've burned the bridge with ring of honor and AEW, um, 
that like I don't know what the best case scenario for him is. Like, is the best you case go to scenario... Impact and you wrestle Josh Alexander every single week and become wrestler of the year? Well, you can do that, and you'd be there with Jordan Grace, which would be great for both of them, I'm sure. Um, and there's New Japan, that's an option. You know, I think that him and New Japan would be very interesting. Um, but I don't think, I mean, now with Triple H in charge, it's possible that he winds up there. But I, 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 and I, I trust me, I fucking hate being this guy when I say this. I fucking hate it. But like his height's an issue. It just is with certain companies. It's just going to be like, I just don't see the WWE ever rolling with him at 5-4. I just don't see it happening. Um, I hope Kevin, I'm wrong. Kevin Patrick is going to have to do the interviews from his knees to make Gresham look taller. Yeah, you know, they got the, they make them they make them like slump over, and they're going to put Kevin Patrick on his knees to, to make Gresham look taller. <laughs> That'd be wild. But like that's the thing is like I I think I think Gresham's a fantastic in ring wrestler. I really do. And like, like I said, One I hate being that guy who says that. But like there are certain companies that are not going to take a chance on him because unfortunately, this is the honest truth. I watched that before this or um. Uh, yeah, Death Before Dishonor with some friends that don't watch a whole lot of wrestling. And they were like, what they were, they they couldn't get into Claudio versus Gresham because of the size difference, just straight up. They were like, what is this? Like, this doesn't even look fair. And I was like, it's it's pro wrestling. So like, you know, it, it's, that doesn't matter. And like, Gresham's really good. And they're like, it doesn't matter to them. They're like, no, this, this Claudio should win. Like, this is just, this is silly that this is happening. And that's, and that's the perception of like the casual fan base, I think. Um, that said, I think Gresham's incredible. I I, I want to see Gresham and Danielson. I want to see Gresham and, and Garcia and Gresham and Yuta. And I want to like I want to see all this stuff. And I see a lot of people compare Rey Mysterio and Jonathan Gresham. That's it's that's not the same thing. Rey, Rey Mysterio. Listen, I think Jonathan Gresham is great, but like even guys like Bret Hart will say Rey Mysterio is like one of the best wrestlers of all time. You know what I mean? Like Rey Mysterio is on a different in a different atmosphere than not just Jonathan Gresham, but different time other professional well. different time. But once again, it's one of those things where like, I hope that Gresham's future is still bright. I hope if he winds up an impact, he winds up being one of their top guys. I hope he winds up in new Japan. He's successful. I'd love to see him back in ring of honor AEW. Like I hope they work it out. Cause I am a fan of Jonathan Gresham. I just think that his options are unfortunately going to be somewhat limited, especially when it comes to like a WWE and granted, like he's got terminus and stuff. Like he has cool stuff going on outside of the mainstream, but you know what I mean? I feel like AEW in Ring of Honor, that's the best place for him to thrive. And I just hope that they here here's my here's my hope. I hope that him and Tony Khan can work things out and they can just go forward together in Ring of Honor and AEW. Cause I would hate to see Gresham's career get kind of derailed just because the options are going to be a little bit limited for him strictly because of something he can't control, which is his own height, which I, I hate that. I hate that. Cause that's, there's nothing anyone can do about that. And nothing Steven, you can do about it. Steven Jensen, don't beat yourself up. over. over well, no, because, well, because I'm, because I'm somebody who really, who really prides myself on like the talent. You know what I right. mean? Like I never let, I never let height and size be an issue. I never let, like, if, if I want to see Chris Statlander wrestle, uh, uh, Keith Lee, like I'm for it if it's good. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I'm, but I also have to be realistic here and be like, it just is what it is. And, and I, this is, I think his best chance to thrive would be, it would be an AEW and ring of honor. So I hope, I hope they get it figured out and he can keep working with them going forward. What I meant by different time on, on Ray Mysterio. Cause I do want to clarify people are like, well, it was land of giants with Ray Mysterio. Ray was doing like different shit that you didn't see on national television with the, the kind of cruiserweight and high flying stuff that he was doing that a lot of people weren't 
Uh, Jonathan Gresham, love him. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. But his style, a lot of guys do that style. And it's not it, – Gresham does it better than most of them. But you can find a lot of guys who kind of like do sort of technical wrestling like Jonathan Gresham. The thing is, is Gresham is on a different level than a lot of those guys. I think Gresham thinks the game differently than the majority of wrestlers. If you go back, I'll, I'll put this interview over. If you listen to, to my interview with him where he broke down like his match structure and everything, you can see how Gresham thinks it. Watch Terminus. You can see like Jonathan Gresham's vision of pro wrestling. Um, I don't think a lot of stuff always, especially in a nationally television company, his vision is going to align with a lot of that stuff. It shouldn't, it should not disqualify him from being on television and it's, you know, being one of the best out there and being in captivating stories because there was a story to tell with, with Jonathan Gresham. Like there, there was a hundred percent a story to tell with Jonathan Gresham as ROH world champion. And they didn't tell any of it. And it's very unfortunate because I thought Gresham was going to do well. If not in AEW, he would at least carry the ROH flag. Yes. And that didn't happen. And who knows if it's going to happen. And I think that blurring the AEW ROH lines, which is going to seemingly happen right now, be until ROH gets a television deal or some type of distribution deal. Um, like it's just going to be a lot of AEW influx. I mean, every ROH champion outside of the, the six man tag team titles, which aren't even featured. And now they got the trios titles in AEW. Like everybody's just under an AEW contract and regularly on, aw television that's just how it is when it comes comes to roh so i feel bad for jonathan gresham i thought he deserved a lot better than the build-up to the claudio match i thought he deserved a lot better to the uh the actual claudio match the ending of this reign it's very unfortunate because i think the world of gresham as a wrestler and as a person and i was hoping to see him like really do some big things in roh under tony khan's banner and may not happen Hopefully something gets worked out. We shall see. Yep. Let's move on to the indie spotlight because I only got about like five, six minutes. Run through stuff. Yeah. Give a big motherfucking shout out. All right. Indie spotlight. Uh, a couple big shows happened this past weekend. Steven Jensen, AW Absolution, where Josh Bishop, he won the AW Absolute and Intense titles against Dillinger in a no ropes barbed wire match matt cardona had to relinquish the title bishop if you watched our interview with him a few uh really like a month or so ago now mm-hmm. uh he we broke the news to him that cardona was injured he's like well i don't know what's gonna happen what ended up happening was cardona relinquished the title he faced dillinger dillinger was the last person in that uh gauntlet for the gold uh battle royal royal rumble uh he power bombed him over the top rope through the through the table and so that set up the the no ropes barbed wire match bishop wins Definitely the right call uh, as far as the match goes. Wasn't fully my cup of tea. I thought there was some some rough moments. It's tough to do these <laughs> no ropes barbed wire matches, man. Like you can't can't use the ropes and some awkward moments, some awkward spots. I thought they did the best that they they could with the environment, uh, but there was it was a little rough at certain points. But Bishop's the guy in AW, so I thought that was a good call. Yeah, I agree. And it was good to see Derek Dillinger, um, the former Derek Direction, uh, doing his thing and, and being a part of that match. Because he's a guy who's been grinding for a really long time. He's been under the radar. And I remember him as he used to have a tag team with uh, with Eddie Only called uh, The Production. And that's how I got introduced to those guys years back. And he's he's really like Eddie Only veered off and uh, joined 440 and had a whole uh, gimmick overhaul. And Derek Direction, Derek Dillinger had to like really reinvent himself and uh, Ziggy Haim uh, by his side and stuff. I, I think it's worked out really well for him. And 
Um, obviously, everyone knows I'm a big Josh Bishop guy. So I was really looking forward to him getting this title back um, or the, the two titles back, the absolute and intense championships. Um, and, it, and it would have been nice to have him beat Cardona because that's what they were building towards for months. But I'm sure when Cardona is back in action, um, they'll run that back between him and Bishop. And Bishop will still get his big win over Cardona. Um, I was There was a scary moment for Wes Barkley when he kind of fell off the apron into the barbed wire um, towards the end of the match. Uh, when he came out to help when, when uh, Ziggy... Was uh, was helping out um, Dillinger towards the end. It was but, slamming uh, Ziggy all over the barbed wire and onto Bishop and everything. I did love those spots. They were cool. Yeah, there were some good spots, and I mean that's kind of what you get out of a Josh Bishop um, kind of like hardcore match. Is like that's it's always going to look a little rough around the edges, around the edges, but it looks very authentic and believable. Like you know what I mean? Like it looks like it, you know everything isn't going to be super smooth, but he's going to go out there and going to kick ass. Um, Necro Eric 420. I want to let you know because um, he's asking for coverage of like Prestige, Sup, Garden State Pro. Um, sub sub graps. I'll definitely talk about on the weekend, or I'll probably talk about all this stuff on the weekender that you mentioned. Um, sub graps is my favorite independent company, so I will. I'll absolutely be talking about sub graps, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, Garden State Pro is that where the other match we're talking about happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to be talking about Garden State Pro in just a second. So, so shout out to Joshua Bishop, the once again absolute and intense champion. You can watch that match and that whole show um, is uh, what Absolution fifteen. That's over on uh, IWTV. Use code Fight Talk by the way. IWTV live. There you go. Uh, and my indie spotlight was from Garden State Pro, their debut show. Uh, the the main event: Josh Alexander against Konesuke uh, Takeshka. Um, Twenty minute draw, which. I understand they, they maybe didn't want to Josh Alexander tougher him to lose his impact champion Takeshka. Uh, they, he's, he's been on a run. He's been on a run and maybe they can run it back. I know Takeshka is headed to Japan to work a, a DDT pro show, um, but I'm sure he'll be back in the U S soon enough. I thought the match was great as you would expect. I, I really like it picked up at the end. It was unfortunate. And, and you know, Alexander's working over the knee throughout the majority of the match. He gets him in the knee bar. Some, some technical issues that's not on Garden State. It's certainly not, maybe it is on Garden State, certainly not on the performers and the ring though, but there were technical issues at the end that we missed kind of the last minute mm. of the match. And then it came back and then like right as the buzzer sounds, it goes to another technical issue. Very unfortunate that all this happened. And that was Fight event. TV, right? Which yeah, it was is unfortunately fight. like a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bad, bad timing to have this in the main event stuff. Um, but yeah, debut show for, for Garden State. It was a good show, highlighted by a great main event between two two of the best wrestlers in the world. And if you haven't watched it, go go check it out. Yeah, shout out to both those guys. Like Josh Alexander's hitting a new level right now. Like he's always been great, but like right now he's really coming into his own as like a world a singles world champion that's really being recognized and put on that same level as as other major world champions. And uh, Takeshita with like one of the best excursions in recent memory. I yeah. mean, just, I, yeah, absolutely killed it during his time in the U S and I know he's got to go back to Japan soon. Um, but I'd imagine we'll see him very soon back in the States. Like, I mean, he, he really, I mean, talk about just making, uh, really making your time count and something like that, like, because we've seen that go so many ways. And we all remember Okada's excursion to impact to TNA and stuff. And like, you know, it can really go a lot of different directions. I remember Nakamura's excursion and stuff. And like, but to see, um, to see Takeshi just, just take the ball and run with it and just take every opportunity that he had and just keep growing his brand, growing his name, having great matches, 
because people are going to be fiending to see him back. So like when, when, when news breaks that he's going to be coming from Japan back to the States, he's going to get big pushes and all those companies, he's going to be selling tickets. So um, they did a great, he did a great job. I got to put the, the credit on him and the people that are booking him. Everyone did a collectively great job of Takesh's excursion. And um, yeah, it makes sense to go to a draw. I, I mean, I would have been fine with Alexander beating Takesha personally because you know he is the Impact Champion. He he loses very rarely nowadays, which is fine. And Takesha, he can take he can take some L's because you know it doesn't really hurt him because his matches are so good and he's still very new to the fan base. So like, but that said, I have no problem with the draw whatsoever. But we've said it before, and I'll say it a thousand times: Fight TV's got to get their shit together when it comes to that I kind do. of stuff. So. Yeah, do uh, Takeshka against Alexander in the Impact Zone. Uh, I'm, yes, I'm run it back for the title. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Takeshka is going back to Japan. Hopefully there's some Cinnabon waiting for him. That's been my favorite story in wrestling, the love story between Cinnabon and Takeshka. Man, when you say Cinnabon, it just makes me think about Better Call Saul. That show has just been... Oh, mm, yeah, I got to mm. catch up Fantastic. on Fantastic. Next week's episode, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. The, it's heavily rumored that the next episode is going to be titled Breaking Bad, and I that's when that. we're going to finally get the get the crossover. So I've been waiting seven years of watching uh, Better Call Saul for for this. What's happening in this season right now is what I've waited like the last seven years for. So, um, so anyway, I got to bounce to uh, clock into the shoot job. Um, but if y'all want to uh, follow me on Twitter, just uh, my my thing is down below here. Uh, Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore on Twitter. Um, you can hear me every Sunday at FightfulSelect.com. I'll probably drop a Weekender podcast on... Well, yeah, I will on Sunday because SummerSlam's on Saturday. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do uh, the Weekender on Sunday, talking the world of pro wrestling, um, a lot of the stuff coming out of... Uh, actually, I might even... Mm, I'll probably do it Sunday. I might hold off until early next week just because, like, the flare match, I think, is Sunday night. There's going to yeah. be stuff I'm going to want to talk about, but maybe you'll hear me talk about that here on the spotlight instead of on the weekender. I'll get that figured out. Regardless, the weekender is usually on Sundays. It's a FightfulSelect.com. And then you can check out my show with Doug every Tuesday, a live rounds on the RVD Tito for Life channel. That's at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. I think myself and Jesse Davin are going to do some SummerSlam predictions on our nice. YouTube channel. Um, so that should be this Saturday morning or afternoon, probably around like 12, 1 Eastern, something like that. But I'll put anything I have going on. I always put links up on my Twitter. So once again, fight talk underscore. And uh, I hope y'all enjoy uh, this interview with uh, me, Jeremy and Andrew Thompson, because uh, this was a great interview that I, uh, I really enjoyed. And I know Jeremy did, and it sounded like Andrew did as well. So, I hope y'all enjoy listening as well. And I'll uh, see y'all again next week. Same time, same place. Thank you, Jensen. We, we, we will be back next week. But before we go away for the day, I'm still here. Uh, before we go away for the day, Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling joined us for our creator spotlight. Andrew, one of my one of my good friends in the business. And so it was great to talk to him and learn more about his journey and uh, just kind of bullshit with, with the great Andrew Thompson. So here we go. The creator spotlight, everybody, with Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling. Welcome back to the spotlight. It's the creator's spotlight. I'm still Jeremy Lambert. That's still Steven Jensen below us. A man you know, a man you might recognize from Andrew Thompson interviews from post wrestling, the undisputed, undefeated goat <laughs> of this, the goat, my man, Andrew Thompson. How you doing, buddy? Steven and Jeremy, man, I appreciate y'all good brothers having me on, man. I, I told y'all before we started recording, I was going to spin this into like some regular <laughs> re regular conversation. It was going to fly by, but now, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. And it's uh, always great, great, great to finally meet you, Steven. 
And Jeremy, it's always good talking to you, my good man. We, yes. we try to we put over our content creators or any creator that comes in here. And I know how well Andrew takes compliments. So the whole thing is <laughs> just going to be putting him over and he's going to be deflecting and it's going to be great. But Andrew, Andrew's the absolute best. I'm glad you're here, buddy. It's always great to talk to you. Uh, and the first question I have is what I kind of ask all the content creators. How did you get started in this crazy world of wrestling media? Man, you're taking me all the way back. Uh, <laughs> I want to say 2017, early 2017. I remember I was, uh, this is when I was still in community college and I ain't had shit to do other than my schoolwork. So I, and I've always been a big wrestling fan. So I figured, I wonder if I could get into like writing about this. And I remember this is website, it was called e-wrestling.news or, or, or some, I, I yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm probably botching, <laughs> butchering the name right now, but it, it's, it's not that, yeah. I saw it on this website, it was eWrestling.news. And I remember the guy had just gave me opportunity to write feature stories. And I remember my first feature story that I ever wrote was about the, it was a 2017 Royal Rumble's uh, prediction uh, article. And I, I, I was, this was back when my fandom, when I thought Sami Zayn was going to be WWE's big, big baby face of all time. And he was going to win the world title. And I, I had fantasy booked this whole thing. And then I remember I, right after that, I had started doing news for um, a, a website called eWrestling News, but not eWrestling.news, it's two separate things. And it was a guy who wrote for the site, who owned the site named Frank. And honestly, bro, like if it wasn't for him, like I really don't think I would like be writing about anything wrestling related right now because I had absolutely zero experience. And he sort of just took a chance on me and like gave me a shot because like he let me, you know, I kind of curse on here. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He let me like fuck up, like, and I fucked up like a lot because I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I was like, uh, it, it, it's funny because I know I talked to Jeremy about this. Uh, like, we, throughout the years, we talked about like, uh, you know, the people like, um, you know, crediting and HTing people for the for the transcriptions. I used to be that guy that was like, <laughs> take, like, like taking people quotes <laughs> with no with no trans with no credit, no nothing. And like, I, I remember I just kept like after a while kept messing up and messing up and then I eventually got it and I, I still talk to Frank like I'm gonna say a couple of times a year and I just always like shoot him like a thank you text because like if it wasn't like as he could have he could have honestly like booted me the hell off his site like off the first mistake but he just kind of let me keep doing my thing and you know he just gave me a shot and allowed me to uh, you know meet me you know meet the wonderful people that I met at Fightful of course and then of course the uh, people that I met at Post Wrestling as well so yeah, I, I will. I will lie to him, and I always uh, try to you know shoot him around. We shoot him around every once in a while. Yeah, I, it's, it's funny because um, you know I've known you through Twitter for years, but this yeah. is the first time that I just <laughs> I just realized that I was like, is this the first time we've done something on camera together? It, it, it is. Now that I'm thinking about, it. that's wild. But I, I remember going through similar types of things when uh when I was starting with like because I my my background uh, had nothing to do with journalism or, or anything like that so I didn't know either like how you're supposed to credit right. things correctly so I mean, kind of like I was the same way I was just a big wrestling fan just kind of found my way in through writing and podcasting and stuff and then the next thing you know you're just kind of learning these things well what right. what was your um like did you have any kind of background in journalism or is this strictly something similar to with me where it's like the passion of just like being a wrestling fan and you just kind of found a way to get into it but not didn't really didn't really expect to be like writing about wrestling and that kind of stuff beforehand however i i, th I think it's like a mix of both because but when i was in school for it was in uh mass communications but i was more so on the like 
on the behind the camera type thing. Like I really like doing like the audio stuff and, you know, setting up cameras and editing. Like that's kind of like my thing or what I really enjoy okay. doing and what I still enjoy doing. But I kind of just like found myself so, into it. And it was more so just see, out of curiosity. Like I was just looking for places where I could write, but I, I, I was like aware enough to know that I couldn't like go to like some like top flight sites and just be like, hey, I have no experience. Let me write your site. Like I knew I knew I couldn't do that. So I had to like, you know, Take take my pick like, of the meal and, and see who was out there and give me a shot. So yeah, I, I definitely think it was more so the, like the ladder which you just said. I kind of just like walked into it, I guess. How did you get started with well, Fightful? Just show up, you show were up, here yeah. when I joined on. You mentioned you were you're in community college. You were when you were when I joined on. You were still in college, and you were doing the weekends. And I was always super impressed that like you go to school all week and then the weekends you're banging out like 300 articles and getting everything done. And I was like, does this man not sleep? And turn out you don't, nobody is fighting. But we, we just, we just don't, we run on, Sean likes to joke that we all run on crack. Um, that, 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 that thing's still in me, man. It's still yeah. Still but me, I was like, oh my God, They're like he's just, he's doing all this. Like, this is really impressive. Uh, but like, how did you get started with Fightful doing news uh, for the weekends with them? Okay. So th this was when I, um, I was at, I was writing for Laws of Pain at the time, and I remember I had finished up with them, and more. It was just a thing of like, for for for, for, for I, I didn't want to be in college and like be like reaching out to them, like my people asking for like money and shit like that. So I wanted to make sure I could like make my own, make my own way and do what the hell I want to do when I was in school. So I remember I reached out because I mean at this point I had already been I was like looking at FIFA for a minute, like I'm gonna say for like I'm gonna say for like at least five or six months. Like I had been eyeing it, but I knew I had some experience that I could at least throw at Sean. Like I, I couldn't. Like I, I knew I couldn't just come out there and just be like, "Hey, you know, we'll take a chance." But I, I had to make sure I had some experience under my belt. So I remember I went to him and he put me on a, a trial basis at first. And then I remember I was like, "You know what? I'm in a trial basis. I'm gonna bang this motherfucker's trial basis. I'm telling, I'm telling, I'm going hard. As, 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 soon, as soon as he give me any type of access to the site, I'm going crazy." And um, like I, I remember, everything just went real good. Like I, of course, like even when I was uh, first started at Fife, I made some, you know, not even a, a little bit. I made a couple mistakes, man. And I was like, Sean just he was real, always real cool about it, and you know, just told me, hey, you should do this and do that, and try to fix certain things here and there, and you know, plug little things in in, in this spot, and maybe you should do this instead of doing that. And like some of that stuff that he sort of told me early on, but like really still like carried on to the same thing I'm doing now. So. Yeah, that that and yeah, the, from that point on, it just it just kind of went. I, so I started. I remember the first article I wrote for Fifa was a it was a Titus O'Neil article about him doing something, and um, yeah, that kind of just went from there. It was February twenty eighteen, and then I remember Jeremy. I first met you when we first started like communicating. We first started working together. Was I, I if if I remember correctly, it was when it was the Triple Mania show that night. I think it was a Saturday, that we started working together, and then like. I think me and Jeremy kind of got the groove of how each other work. I would probably say like SummerSlam 2018. Yeah. Oh, definitely by SummerSlam. And, and then shit just, <laughs> it just, it, it, it just went from right there. It only, it only took a little bit of time. I, I, I will, I will once again put you over because the biggest thing I learned from you out of everything was like work ethic when it came to this stuff, because yeah, you went to college all week and then you came on the weekends, banged out all these articles. You were helping out with, uh, the late shows as well, like Raw and SmackDown and any type of a, I think that was all there was back then. Maybe NXT, they, they taped shows and everything. AW wasn't a yeah. thing at this point. Um, but like, Man, I saw how crazy. hard, 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw like I saw how hard you worked, and then I was completely new to like news writing. I had done like features. I never really did news writing, and I saw how hard you worked, and I was like, I gotta work that hard because this is sort of I felt the expectation here. And if I don't work that hard, if I don't keep up with Andrew, then they're gonna fire me. And and <laughs> again, put you over. I made a bunch of mistakes at first, and Sean always talks to me about it, and That's I took it, I it very too, hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was right with you. Like, I took it very hard when I made these mistakes. Like, I'm fucking up. They're going to they're gonna fire me. And you were always right there to be like, don't worry about it. It's cool. Like, we all mess up. I mean, to this day, we we still mess up. We we write a lot. And <laughs> there's a lot of, like, errors and stuff. Maybe we just mental lapses and whatnot. Like, we just, we read a lot. And it's like, we forget something. But you were always there and supporting me of, like, don't worry about it. Like, you did what you needed to do. It's fine. Like, anybody talking shit, fuck them. Like, you work hard. Like, it's good. You're always in my corner on that stuff. But you wanna know what real quick something I wanna tell you that like, I always I always appreciate that you did like when I uh like when I came on during the weekends because like I, I I'm I'm not gonna say I would be tired because I'd be energized. Like it wasn't like I was like all you know beat up and stuff, but like one thing I always appreciate is like you would leave like um like you were filling those gaps for me, like in terms of like time wise. So like I wouldn't have to like worry about okay, I gotta fill out at eight o'clock, a nine o'clock, a ten o'clock, and eleven o'clock. Like you would have like half of that shit blocked off. So I could just like worry about like the instant stuff and then like I would be able to in return return the favor to you on the on like on the weekdays when I was gone and then yeah. I could like I mean I mean when I was gone and I could just fill in those gaps for you so you wouldn't have to like wake up at like the fucking crack of dawn and like they like they like it ain't shit on the site, you know what I'm saying? You ain't had to worry about it. So like I kinda like that little tag team dynamic. And and the funny shit was we never had to say that shit to each other, like ever. Like it was it was never a thing where I had to like actually hit Jeremy and be like, Hey bro, can you fill this thing up for me? I would check the site when I come on finishing my school stuff and it would just be like shit on the site. I'd be like, If anything, if not, anything, you would be like, maybe like, can you leave this open for me so like I, I can make sure like I can put something there? Like, that's what it would be. Uh, and I'd be like, hey, can you like leave nine o'clock open? Like, I'll be up. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, can you leave like three o'clock? I'll be, yeah, okay, cool. Yes, we, we work hey, very well with that. And, no, and uh, real quick, real quick too, Steven and, and Jeremy, like one thing I do want to say is I, I always appreciated that. Like, um, you, like you and Sean, like y'all will always be like, because I, I think at this point it was just us three. Like it was, like, yes. that was it. Yeah. Like it was just me, you and Sean. And I remember um, like I will always appreciate like how like when, like, Cause like it, it would be some days bro like when the schoolwork would just be like i'd be like jesus fucking christ like it would be papers on top of papers but the one thing i i always give y'all credit for is y'all never now i'm talking about now once ever like when i had some like big school related like y'all never was like hey we need you to do this you do this can you take a break from school or like you take a break from your work like y'all i'm talking about not once did y'all ever say or do anything even i'm talking about not even hint at it like y'all will always take care of your business come back whatever it is midnight whatever the fuck it is whatever time you free and like i sit right to this day i always and that's why that's why i'm still like real tight with you and sean to this day like i always appreciate it like i'm it, it was that little stuff that like sort of stuck out like i wasn't thinking about it at the time but like now that i like you know you start to look back and stuff like i always appreciate y'all doing that like y'all looked out big time you did the the same jensen i'm sorry oh um, you're good go ahead you, you you did the same because i had a lot of personal stuff going on through the, the time that you were there and i wasn't always the happiest in, in my relationship and and you know my my ex was going in and out of the hospital and everything mm. and i was like i can't do like 
what do, you, what do you want me to do? And same thing. You were always there. Like, don't worry about it. Like, take care, take care of your, your family, take care of your business, everything. And Sean was the same way. And we always just tried to find ways to support each other and realize that this wrestling shit ain't the most important shit in the world. Like, we have other stuff to do. And again, that is why I always talk to you. And that's why I'm, I mean, fuck Sean Ross Sapp, but that's why I still... <laughs> I still work with them. All right, go, sorry, Jensen. Go ahead. I told you we were just gonna put each other over a bunch. On hey, this no, this happens. This this happens a lot, depending on who the guest is. Like sometimes <laughs> I just go on and on. I find like a YouTuber I like, and it goes for like. And I know Jeremy's just sitting there, like, like trying, I'm like, I'm like, I gotta get my stuff in there, or else I'm gonna forget. Um, uh, you're giving a lot of really good insight, though. I mean, I I have people ask me often, and I see people just like tweet about it. Even earlier today, there was something that a few of us were tagged in that, you know, that one of the comments was like, I really want to work for Fightful one day. And, and, and I know that, um, a big part of what, this is just advice to people that are listening to this, that want to get a foot in the door, not just here, but anywhere doing any, anything like this. I know Sean's this way for sure is, is having something to show. Like when you ask, like, like you were saying, Andrew, like you had a body of work that when, the, like you were prepared. So when your time came and the opportunity presented itself, you were ready and you had something to show to, and you were, you, you they were able to give you that chance and, and you, you knocked out of the park. Um, do you remember by chance, like when you talked to Sean the first time, do you remember what you sent him as like your kind of like your work for him to look at? Uh, so if, if I, if I remember correctly, I remember it was just a, I got, I had first, I had DM'd him and asked him if there was a, a position open. And then like, it, it was like just small talks back and forth. Like it wasn't anything like concrete right off the gate. And then I remember he had hit me back, I'm gonna say like a week or so later. And then he asked me to submit like, just um, like web pages of like work that I had done. Like it was just a bunch of articles. So I like, I just sent them like stuff I had did at E-Wrestling News, uh, like feature stuff that I had written. And of course the, like the workload that I did at, uh, at Lords of Pain too. And like, I just sent them all that. And it, like, I, I, I think it was good enough that he was like, Hey, you know, we, we, we can, we can work some, we can do something with this. And like, you know, it, it just kind of went from there. So yeah, that, that, I, I think that was like, it, it was, it was probably like a, I want to say like a two week process maybe like, cause I know the first week I had hit him up and it was kind of like, like, I mean, like, like with anybody I could tell, like, it was, it was like more that feeling out process type thing. And then like, after like, I got sent him my work and stuff, I think he kind of was like, okay, like, I, I, I think we could work with this. We could do something with this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That once again, I think that's really good advice for anyone that's listening right now that, that wants to pursue this is, is no matter where the outlet is, like, if you can find somewhere to like, just start getting experience writing, just if you have a pod, if you just start podcasting, if you have an iPhone, you can yeah. make a podcast. Like, you know, there's no excuses nowadays. Like, like, you know, you might have zero listeners, but who cares? Cause like maybe one day you meet the right person who wants to give you an opportunity and they go, Hey, do you have any podcasts that I can listen to? So I know what you sound like. I do. No one's listening, but here you can see what my, what it is. And you never know what can happen through, through just, working and then the right opportunities coming to coming together and i know things have worked out great for you i mean with post wrestling how, how did you how did you get in with those guys <laughs> yeah man uh I, I'm big, big love to john and way man those those my dudes right there but i, I remember when i um i, <laughs> I remember when i first i first hit up john i, I think i i hit i sent john a message right and i know he he was real hesitant about like bringing like another right because it because it was like it's always been like I'm talking about like just on the news front, it was always him. And like, it was just him and Way on the like audio stuff. Like cause they had like other audio play, 
you know, other guys on the site like Davey Pullman and Braden Harrington and like a bunch of other guys that come that came over from the law and the live audio wrestling. But a lot of time I just strictly on the news frame, it was just John. So I know he was kind of like, Oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, man. Like you, you know, he 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 was being courteous about it, but like I I could tell like it was that like hesitancy there. And I remember I was th this was the day when I I first started contacting him. I think it was like August 2019, and I remember I was at the basketball court and I I sent him a message. I was like, look, because because this was this was after I, I after we had made that initial contact, and I was just like, look. <laughs> Give me one chance. That's all I need. Just give me like one day or like whatever. Like, cause I know they did the news updates. I was like, let me do one news update. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna put you on a trial basis. I was like, repeat. Here we go. History. Here we go <laughs> again. Right. Here we go. So I remember I sent. I remember I started writing the news update for that Monday, Sunday. I'm gonna say Sunday afternoon, bro. I had 25 pages worth of notes like i'm talking about like transcriptions from just like just links to like different interviews that i really didn't find anything like important in like it was just like 25 pages full of notes and i remember i sent it to john and then i had it right i, I had i was I, I i i remember when he said it best he was like he's like this is great i was like i got his ass i was like and then yeah man it just kind of went from there man so it was uh it was real cool man i love what, I, what i'm doing that post man and everybody over there is real cool treat me real well and it, it's, it's real cool man so I, I, I always think about that now like whenever i like do a podcast with John and we always bring that up because that was like a little funny moment because I, I i don't i don't know i don't know if like we're way set on the situation but i know John was kind of like so so sort of has to say because and, and I get that aspect because like when you when it's always just this core group of people and then like you're trying to bring somebody else in and you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out because if, if it was vice versa I would probably be the same way I'd be like well it's always been me so like I don't know exactly how you would fit into the equation so uh I'm, I'm glad he uh you know I'm, I'm, I'm glad I sent them that like <laughs> that basically that little <laughs> that that whole essay of a nose man and they, uh, it got me in the door because they don't because they don't know from either perspective right when it's like when it's been mainly like a core group of people they yes. don't know how you're going to interact internally with, the, with exactly. them and you also don't know what the perception from the audience is going to be because they might be like hey this isn't john paula like I don't, what is this you know what exactly. i mean like so exactly. but it worked out great so i mean that, that that's awesome how how things have turned out and I, I love hearing that you're you're loving working over there with those guys that's awesome appreciate you man i was saying if if you're not reading Andrew's news updates to it because there's tons of news that you're not going to find anywhere else. And, you know, unless everybody else is taking from it as they will do and hopefully giving you credit because we know the battle of the transcription credit. We, we've been there many times, both of us yelling at different people of like, can we get some credit on the hey, transcriptions? Hey. Hey, hey, Jeremy! I had to go last to you, bro. I'm, I, I think, I think I gave up, bro. On the, on the, on oh, the I gave I, up too. I, I, I gave up. I 100 did. It used to be a big battle of like, I know, right? They're, they're taking this transcription. Okay, who do we email? And now it's just like, oh, they're, they're not gonna listen. So whatever, I'm just gonna keep doing my work, and and that's that. Like, yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, the funny thing is, 
What's up, Jensen? Well, I was gonna see if you guys wanted to make any call outs. Like, who's who's oh, the no. who, 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 oh, do, you, no, who do you usually no. have to go after about this? I won't call out Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer for never giving any type of transcription credit in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. I won't do that. Okay. Um, the the funny thing is, is like people get mad about like, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Andrew, but people will get mad like, well, why should you get credit for this? Like, oh, you just hey. you just listen to it. Hey, you didn't do the interview. Why should you get credit for this? That's the worst one because what people don't understand is like a lot of these people they, you can you can correct me if i'm wrong you can share your own story on this but like a lot of the like interviewers and stuff they will reach out to us and be like hey thanks for covering my shit like i appreciate that and, and a lot of people yeah. don't actually know that while all these other idiots online are like why should you get credit why should you get a link back for this it's like no the the person who actually did the interview appreciated that this was covered by us so maybe yeah. that's why we should get a little bit of credit because they appreciate it so you should appreciate it <laughs> nah, there are like quite a few instances of like people who like they, they'll they'll question why like the the, the site who or, or the individual who transcribed is getting the credit or the site is getting credit and i'm like because like transcribe the interview <laughs> like that, yeah. that, that, that that's like that's kind of it like, i don't think it's like anything behind it or anything more to it it's just kind of be transcribed and then like at, at the end of the day it's like a like a beneficial type thing like we getting credit for doing the work and you're getting credit for people so that like they know where this came from and you got your link back to your podcast or to your youtube or whatever it may be but yeah you, you always got your, your your few but like for real for real bro like most most of the time it's like it's, it's it's mostly positive to be honest with you it like is. you know you because you got people like who will be some people will be like very thankful that you're like covering their stuff like yeah you know what i'm saying like they'll send you an email or shoot you a dm and be like hey man you know i appreciate you doing this and woo 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 and this that and the other and like that stuff is always cool man because like you you helping somebody out and then like, by, by, by them signal boosting you they helping you out you know what i'm saying so it's it, it, most of the time it's positive but you, you definitely do got your select few out there who kind of you know, they, uh, they don't understand how it works. They don't think we, that transcription we, we, work is we actual work. Yeah. We, we can move that conversation yeah. along, man. <laughs> well, but, let, me, but, let me talk about, let me talk about nah, your interviews. Cause you've got okay, your own okay. YouTube channel Andrew Thompson interviews. Uh, I, I mean, I have seen your process in work at Starcast many years ago <laughs> and, and how you were taking notes on your phone, getting all your questions down and everything. And you've interviewed some top people. I remember when you went to the, the first Starcast in Vegas, you did the interview with Nick Gage. I'm pretty sure you're in DK. All, uh, all the time. Yes. All the time. Hey, 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 Steven, let me tell you something, bro. <laughs> Nick, when, when Nick Gage is probably, when I say the definition of, no, get to know somebody before you even make any assumption. Of, I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about even the slightest assumption of somebody. Like, I'm I this dude. I remember I went up to Nick Gage, and I, I wasn't expecting him to be like mean or nothing like that. Like, I was expecting him to be like chill, but like he came. This dude was like, "Hey, man, you know, he came, came over and pulled me a chair up. Was like, you want to sit down and you know you can do the interview." And he was real cool, man. I remember I seen I seen him at a show later that day. And he recognized me and gave me a dot me up and all that good stuff. Nick Gage is probably like one of the coolest people, like that I got to interact with and wrestle. So I I, I just wanted to mention that because I was very uh very not I, I wasn't surprised, but more so it was more so just one of those things. I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to be as nice as he was. Not saying that he isn't nice, but just wasn't expecting that like that level of of nice that Nick Gage is. So yeah, shout out to Nick, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. I, I I don't know if I told this this story before on this show or not, but it, I I saw Nick Gage wrestle years back in a in a high school gym. So like he uh, couldn't do a lot of. It was like a high school charity event, 
So he couldn't do a lot of the stuff that has made him right. famous um, <laughs> in, in that building in front of children. And, but it was so wild because at the end of the show, when all the wrestlers got all their, their merch out and stuff, and they're doing the autographs and meeting the fans, Nick Gage had the longest line of child fans of anyone in that <laughs> building times probably 20. I mean, it was like all the kids were there. They, they love that guy. I mean, it's just like the authentic, just the, because because he makes you it may, he's one of those guys that makes you feel like he's your he's everyone's best friend you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you meet nick gage like yeah me and nick we're boys and like everyone feels that way about that so that's that's cool hearing that that uh that you had the same kind of experience with him mm-hmm. because for people on the outside looking in you see this dude cutting people's foreheads <laughs> yeah, <exactly. colors> and, <laughs> and then you're, like, you're like what's going on and you hear the stories and stuff about his past and like yeah. He's actually like a really, really nice guy. He so. he, he is though. Like he really is. Nick, Nick Gage is cool as hell, man. For real. Shout out to Nick. I, I don't know if I'm in BK. I can't I can't claim it. BK. <laughs> I don't want, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I only met him one time, so I can't I can't I can't stamp NDK on me. But no, nah, man. Shout out to Nick Gage. Nick Gage is definitely a cool dude. Uh, your interviews again. You've interviewed Nick. You've interviewed uh, Leo Rush recently. Jeff Jarrett. Who are some of your favorite interviews, and who are some people who like this is a bucket list interview that I want to I want to knock down at some point in my career? Man, like pro- pro- probably some of my favorite or oh, some favorite interviews that come to name. Like I'm some of those ones that have been like hella smooth. I probably say like uh, Savannah Evans impact wrestling she's like she's a real cool person um i'm sure like jeff jerry was funny as hell to to, to talk to the 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 ultimate bag chaser jeff jerry shout out to that man (laughs) ultimate bag chaser jeff jerry man he's he's doing it though he's doing it all all respect to double j man all respect to him he's gonna be taking over the fed real soon i'm i'm I'm, I'm convinced of it but uh i'm trying to think of like just other, other people that have been like real great to interview um it was real cool to interview Shane Thorne, uh, Shane Hayes. He was real cool to talk to. Mikey Nichols, um, Chris Hero. I don't know how I forgot about that. Shout out to, shout out to Hero, man. Chris he, Hero uh, gave you the big shout out afterwards. Yeah, yeah that, that that was um very very unexpected. So yeah, shout shout out to Chris Hero, man. Like it was a real that that was something like I was I was I was very very overwhelmed seeing that seeing all the responses and stuff like that. Like I almost wanted to like just tuck my head in and go to sleep and like. <laughs> that was it was it was so many like different notifications and stuff like that so that was real cool shout out to hero man for that and um like it sounds like bucket list interviews man like when i'm thinking about people like i would love to get on the channel like it's probably like amazing red i would love I, that that if, if i had to like literally if i had my pick of the meal of anybody i could interview like just that in terms of people that like haven't like been in the media that much It'd probably be amazing because I feel like he got a he got like the one of the best stories, but I don't really I haven't really seen him do any much interviews. And I honestly don't know what even contact this dude. I feel like you gotta like show up to a House of Glory show to like even get like sights on this man. Like <laughs> like I, I don't even know how you go about reaching Amazing Red. Um, I would love to interview Jackie Moore, um, from the That's WWF. Good. Yeah, okay. I would love to interview her. I love to catch Bret Hart one time. I think that'd be real cool. You just want him to bury. You'd ask him one question, and he buried Goldberg. I already know your game on that one. Get the clicks. Like, yep. I'm playing, man. I'm playing. <laughs> Maybe I'm playing. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> not, but nah, man, I, I, I would love to talk to Brown. I think that'd be cool. Uh, for, for, for like, you, it's it's funny you say that, but I because I, I, I know you know Trevor because you were the newsbeat just like me, man. Like Bret Hart, but he isn't even. 
half of the time he isn't even like provoked to like speak no. about Goldberg. He just does it. Yep. He's just like it's just like, but he'll be talking about something like completely unrelated to Goldberg and tie back into Goldberg somehow, some way, and just like shit on him. You could you could ask him about like any wrestler. You just throw throw a random wrestler out there. Like, hey, what was it wor- like working with Aldo Montoya? It's like, oh, Aldo right. Montoya, just incredible. It was great working with him. Never injured anybody. Unlike that prick Goldberg. Yeah. Like, that's what that'll be his answer. Like, that's that's exactly his answer. what it is. That's exactly what it is, bro. But like, I would probably say Goldberg. Not Goldberg, Bret Hart. Um, yeah, Bret Hart, Amazing Red, Jackie Moore. Um, I, I would love to interview Naomi, uh, Trinity Fatu. It would be really cool to interview her. Um, there, there's a bunch of people that I could probably, like, I'll probably think of, like, as soon as this, uh, as soon as we cut the camera off and, like, it like, a bunch of these names come to the head. But, like, you want to know what? You want to know somebody I would really love to interview, bro? Tuco Scorpio. Yeah, I, re- I really want to interview Tuco Scorpio, and I hope I can make that happen one day. I want to do one with uh, uh, what's the guy from Noah? I don't remember. I'm botching his name. Right, go go Shiozake. I I wanted to interview him. I was I tried to set something up with him, but I think it kind of fell through because of the um Cyber Fight Festival, and it was like a whole bunch of stuff going on. And he was busy. He was the fucking world champion, so like I you know he probably ain't had time to do it. But I I hope I can like set some type of written stuff up with him one day. That would be real cool. But yeah, there is a bunch of a, a bunch of people I would love to talk to, man. But um, yeah, it's. So, so many different wrestlers that like haven't had their like stories told like in depth who i would love to like just sit down and like just dive into and all that and whether that's an in-person or over like a zoom call you just listed out some of my favorites like i, I would love i would love to hear an in-depth with amazing red he was like the reason i got into indie wrestling back in like the early 2000s he was like i found him through like limewire and kazaa like, video <laughs> and stuff like that um yeah man that 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 long ago which is so crazy um do you have any other like uh just like favorite wrestlers you want to throw out there just like for if somebody's like new to your work or, or like just getting to know you a little bit as a wrestling fan like who would you say are like some of your favorite wrestlers that like inspire you or really made you become like a real big wrestling fan for like your life like if i if i had to just think of like oh uh, so so like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest like that that sort of like inner fandom like i'm talking about like deep childhood fandom for me like goes back to like i would probably say like the rock that's probably like one sure. of my favorite like because like that, that well, whatever like the rock it, it, it's like that childhood like core memory stuff for me so like I, I think that's why i always like hold the rock and like this like high regard but in, in terms of like just like work rate wrestlers like the, the first like outside of like wwe exposure that i had was tna and like aj styles is like that guy that like immediately like stood out to me like right off the break um and, and like i i didn't i'm a, i didn't get into wrestling like outside of like that that tna wwe bubble i'm gonna say to like 2016 probably like i didn't like watch that much of anything and then like around that time like that's when i started catching up on the new japans and the ring yeah. of honors and all this different stuff and like i started going back and looking at all these different type of stuff and eventually caught up so like, it, took, it took me a hell of a long time but i eventually caught up and uh, like p- probably one of my favorite matches that I like, I like go back and like I'll try to watch every now and then. It was from, it, it was it was from 2018. It was Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi. I think it was Power Struggle 2018. And, and bro, bro, I don't know why this match like sticks with me so much, but it's like one of my favorite matches like of all time. And it's it's that it's not even anything crazy. Like they don't even do anything crazy. It's just like the most simplistic storytelling that they do throughout this match. That like it hooks me and like. 
I, I think I sort of may, the, the reason I think I think so highly about it is because maybe I probably brushed up a little bit about it, like some of probably like in the months leading up to it. I sort of watched the, the this respective journeys like lead up to this bout or something like that, and maybe that's why I, like I really don't remember, but I, I know that's one of my favorites. But yeah, man, it's it's so much different wrestling you could you could keep up with these days. Like I, I'm really enjoying like AC Mac. I'm really enjoying the stuff oh, he's yeah. doing right now. I, I got the chance to interview AC. He's a real cool dude, man. So shout out to him. Um, I, I just that match he had uh, with Alex Shelley at the Southeast First Show. Yeah, Atlanta I, or uh, bro, near Atlanta. Yeah, bro, I cannot believe the way that that crowd like just completely denied Alex Shelley of any ovation. <laughs> like they 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 treated this man like he was like the worst villain. But but that I think that was just because like AC Matt, like that was his like that action wrestling space. That's that that's that's him. Yeah. But that was a real cool thing to see. And one thing I do I like about the the IWTV is the uh the mass wrestler series. Mm-hmm. That's real cool. I I feel like that's so different. Like it is so like like it, it I feel like that's one of those concepts that could be around for such a long time. And I hope that like they'll be able to get some like not not that they need like any like mainstream names in there, but it would be like cool to see like, you know, some some other like big names from like a AEW or whatever or whatever, you know, saying get get involved in. I think that'd be cool. But like yeah, it's, it's so much different wrestling you could watch these days, man. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been cool to sort of catch up on everything over the last, you know, six, seven years. Yeah, absolutely. Shout, shout out to AC Mack ret- retaining the IWTV Championship last night over um mm. over Atticus Kogar. So good. Uh, yeah, he's killing a friend of the show, AC Mack. He's he's been all over the show. Good, very, very, right very good he, guy. He won the title. Oh. I see him all the time around Atlanta at shows. Like, I'm, he's always like in the crowd, just hanging out, like Battle Slam and Terminus and stuff. That's cool. Like, he just, yeah, he's oh, cool. man, Baron Black and uh, Russian promotion. That's real cool. It's, it's real cool to see what they're doing, man. Russian, yeah, uh, yeah, and Baron Black. I said I saw Baron got his. Uh, he broke. He broke that damn one. Oh, yeah, he did. Like, finally oh, won on AEW. What is that? Owen oh, fifty, I think it was yeah. something like that. Yeah, like Jesus, <laughs> bro. something. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping to be. Um, I'm hoping to be at Battle Slam this Thursday. He, he's in wrestling, a little scrappy. So tonight, we'll, uh, tonight, yes. Steven Jensen. What? It's tonight, oh, sorry, Battle tonight at the time of of the time of when this airs. <laughs> yes, oh, that would be tonight. Good call. Good call. Um, little, little scrappy making his because little scrappy. He he wrestled. I think he wrestled before. I, I don't he know. He, he he hit a pretty he, nice he, rock bottom on on Baron at the last show though. He he, he, did, he I think he did the um oh what's that promotion in Atlanta? I think it's called Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. Oh okay. I, I think I, I think he did like a tag, but he 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 tagged with like Stevie J. <laughs> 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 at, at, at one of those shows. So yeah, I, I think this is like his second match. But yeah, Lil Scrappy man from from love and hip hop to the wrestling ring. I can't believe it. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Jeremy, I know we always have a question that we ask to wrap the show up. If you want to go ahead and ask it, or if yeah, you have more, Andrew, go ahead. But I don't want to forget to ask our. We have a very important question we ask everybody before the end of the show. Um, Andrew, what is the the coolest thing you have in your room? That's the money question. <laughs> Damn. Uh, the coolest thing I got in my room. I don't know, bro. That's a good ass <laughs> question. Now you're making me think. See, this is this but, is where we get everybody. They they they're not expecting it. They should watch the product and then they'd expect it. Watch, and watch. They could they, they oh, come prepared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the the coolest thing I probably got in my room, I would say, is this. Um, damn, that's a good ass question. Where, where, like, where do y'all even come up with some shit like that? Like who's like who thinks? Like, we asked who? What Jaden was it? Jay, or Cole? <laughs> 
It was either Cole, Cole, uh, Cole Radrick or Jaden Newman we asked yeah, first. Yeah, I think it was Cole. Some, I think it was Cole, Cole Radrick had some like basketball uh, <laughs> yes. artwork on his wall, and Jeremy was trying to get him to talk about it, I think was... I, think yeah, like, I, I saw it before... and I was just like, what is that piece of artwork? And I was like, do you yeah. have any other cool stuff in your room? And then the next person we had on, I was just like, hey, what's the coolest thing in your room? And then so yeah. that's become our, our closing question for all you, of our guests. You, you, you want to know what? You want to know what? I, I, I was going to say this. Um, I got this like this little fucking like Everlast like boxing thing like I never used. So like, <laughs> God forbid, if I had to get another fight these days, I ain't gonna fight since I was like a teenager. So God, I ain't used that thing in years. So Lord, I hope the Lord looking over me. But I, I would say, I would say probably the coolest thing, right? Real quick, hold on. Yeah, you're good. I would say the coolest thing that I got in my room is this. I, I bought this. Uh, I bought this from this. I don't know if you can see. It. It's like this this painting. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I got I got it from this dude off the street, and he was like selling this like his uh, his paintings on like the back of his truck or something like that. And I remember that like, I don't, I don't know he it just seemed real cool. And he was like a like an upstart artist, and he was like just like he, he told me that he was trying to like find his his way like in the art field and stuff like that. So I just went and then like paid for one, and I was like I hope you get famous. And then like he signed it for me, so I was like if you get famous one day, like remember I was like. One of your like first ten purchases, but like that, th- this is probably like the coolest things. Like I got this thing like on my wall, and like I don't know, it's just real cool. I, I like seeing people in their little, uh, not a little. I don't know why I said that, but like people on their like come up story, and like when they trying to you know find their way and stuff like that. So yeah, hopefully that dude become famous, man, brother. Wherever you are, I hope you killing it right now. I hope you like in some like fucking art gallery in like New York or some shit like that. You just bodying it, and like yeah, when when this thing like sell for millions. <laughs> <laughs> remember who was right here but not nah, this, this this probably like one of my coolest uh things in my room right now i say because it's like i don't know I don't, I don't i don't know i i just think that stuff is cool like seeing people on their grind and they're yeah. like you know i i i could i could i i, I don't know if he was just like a, a a smiley type of dude but like i could tell like it made him feel good to like hey you know somebody you know purchased my work you know what i'm saying and he signed it for me and stuff so i was like all right you know what that that made me feel good in the turn to see him, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's yeah. this probably my favorite thing in the in the room right here, in my boring ass room. Thanks for calling hey, this, me out, y'all. Appreciate this it. This is a great story that we wouldn't get <laughs> yeah. if we if we didn't ask this question. Yeah. So that's that's a great yeah. story. That's yeah, you like you have great feelings and, and memories about doing that and getting that from this dude. It probably made his whole day that that you were so into it and you wanted him to sign it and everything. And it's like it's like supporting an indie wrestler, you know what I mean? Like it's like even if you don't know that much about it, you a show, and it's like you know, I've done that before where I've seen someone for the first time in like a bar or a high school gym or something, and I'm like, I'll buy a t-shirt, like why not? Like it's 20 bucks or whatever in their pocket, like they're they're selling merch. And if this person I mean, and it's one of those things where I'm always just wearing people's stuff on on the show. So every now and then a wrestler will hit me up and be like, some like obscure indie wrestler no one really watches, I'll be wearing their shirt on like fightful, and they'd be like Dude, thank you so much for wearing that. Like, <laughs> like, like, so, so, um, so yeah, I, I think I, 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 I get that same feeling you do, Andrew. When, when it's like supporting independent artists, people on their grind, people on their come up, and like, and like maybe that guy will make it one day. And even if he doesn't, like that's a good memory for both of you guys. You, you, you want to know it's funny, like when you said talking about like, uh, like surprising people and stuff like that on stream. That kind of reminded me when uh. When, when, it, when I saw it on Twitter, when Akira had found out that Mox was winning, I know that probably had to be one of the funniest things. I remember I saw that on Twitter. I know he was probably freaking the fuck out because, like, that, that, that's so like. And the funny thing is, is like, 
he I remember I had heard an interview he did and he said like he didn't he, he wasn't aware of like mocks like buying his stuff like he did not know that in the slightest so like when he saw when he got like the notifications and shit he was just like like okay <laughs> John Moxley's wearing my hoodie live on TV and that that's definitely a John Moxley thing to do yes I'm still waiting for him to carry that GCW championship on an AW TV but <laughs> hey, maybe one of these days uh Andrew before I let you plug everything I'm put you over one more time tell us one last oh, story man. here when when you unfortunately left Fightful because they had to split us up otherwise we just shut down all of wrestling news together when you left I'm pretty sure the last thing you put in the chat was push Jeremy Lambert and that was your last message <laughs> to the chat and for some reason Sean Rossap listened and he listened to the audience and now I'm doing everything that I'm doing here at Fightful and again I owe you so much from everything you taught me from news every whether it was you know how to find stuff how to write stuff uh work ethic as I said the biggest thing but you having that endorsement from you as you were leaving I it meant a lot to me that that you would say that because you were leaving you could have just like left and been like all right whatever good luck to you guys fuck off I'm out of here but you were, you were always supportive. You're always supportive of me. And you, that was your last thing. It was like, just push Jeremy, let him do what he wants. He's great. And I really, really appreciate that. And again, that meant so much to me that that was basically your last message to Fightful was supporting me and everything that I was attempting to do with the site. Uh, so course, thank man. you for, for that. No, 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 no question, man. You're my dog, man. Of course. <laughs> you know, I'm going to look out for you. And, and I'm, I think we, 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 I think I saw you. I saw you at Starcast like three months. It's after. been a dude. It was Starcast uh, 2019. It was it was full gear. 2019 was the last time I saw Damn. you. Yeah. Yeah. Then the world shut down, and then you know, bro, I, that I, that was that was like four months before that happened. That's fucking yeah. crazy. Like, what were you think, bro? Hold on. Will you like think about that? Like how crazy that is. Like that was like four months after the world shut. The four months before the world shut down. That's yeah. fucking crazy. How time like move like that, but yeah, no, nah, it, it was it was good seeing you, man. And uh, yeah, of course, you know I'm always support you, Brody. So yeah, and, and Stephen for sure, man. It, it was it was definitely great meeting you too, man. And you do a lot of great podcasts and a lot of great work, and I see your work ethic is fucking through the roof, man. So yeah, much love to you as well. I appreciate that, and, and I'm and I'm glad that, that we finally got to do something together because, like I said, I I didn't even realize until you said that at the top of the show when you were like, "Nice to meet you," and I was like, "Damn, we have yeah." Yeah, that's weird. I can't believe this is the we, first bro, time we've done something together. But I, but I think we've been following each other on Twitter for like three forever. years, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forever. So, yeah, man, no, the, the, it's, it was great to do this, man. We really appreciate it. Andrew, sure, let man. everyone know where they, where they can where they can find you at. Yeah, uh, check me out on Twitter at uh, Thompson underscore. I see I got the beautiful beautiful yeah. graphics here on the see the double there, underscore man. is highlighted there you can man, see the little man, break there man bro way way would not let me off the hook with this damn underscore underscore <laughs> but i'm telling they they give it to me every single time i'm on any type of post podcast and double underscore things like the running joke but yeah they can check out my interviews at uh andrew thompson interviews uh youtube channel like whenever i don't have an interview i try to isolate clips up there so yeah go check that stuff out and uh check out my real work at postwrestling.com and that's about it Thank you, buddy. Again, the GOAT, Andrew Thompson. Thank you for your time today. Guys, we'll be right back. We are back. That was Andrew Thompson. Appreciate him, as always. Again, one of my good friends in this wrestling media space. Go check him out. Twitter, 80Thompson, double underscore. Don't forget the double underscore. Postwrestling.com, doing great work seemingly every day over there. Shout out to Andrew. 
Thank you again for, for joining us. Guys, we are done. That is a wrap on today's show. Appreciate everyone who was chilling with us this morning on the spotlights. Uh, sign up to Fightful Select. Thank you to everybody. 8,000. 8,000 people have signed up to Fightful Select. Um, I, know, I know I kind of tweeted something yesterday, and I wanted to say this while Jensen was on air, but I did not, so I'll say it now. Uh, I don't have much to do with Fightful Select, really nothing, outside of maybe contributing an interview note if we interview somebody uh, in, in wrestling or if I listen to um, a big interview that, that, that the Grab Soda guys did or that Sean did and I passed notes to, to Sean or something like that. Regardless, I don't have much to do with Fightful Select. That's all the hard work of Sean Ross Sapp and him breaking news. But I know how much the the subscribers support me and everything that I'm able to do because that money goes into the the website and helps helps pay me. Uh, so even if I don't have much to do with FIFO Select, uh, you're supporting FIFO as a whole. And while I don't always like saying this, I know I'm a very big part of FIFO. So any any subscription to FIFO Select uh, helps helps support me. So I I very much appreciate everybody who has subscribed to to that. And not only do you get Sean's news, but you do get great things like the Weekender with Steven Jensen. You get interviews that Jensen does when he's able to, to make it to some indie shows. You get Alex Pulowski, who I now think reviews every single show on the planet uh, with Sour Graps. So go over there, subscribe to FIFO Select. And thank you to 8,000 people uh, who have subscribed to FIFO Select. You could also go to FIFO Overbooked. Dot com. That's where, you know, that's where I make a little bit of cash. Uh, go to FIFOverbook.com. We got a lot of great shows over there. What did we drop this week? We did FMC on Monday. Big FMC news with myself, SP3, and Cher Delaware interviewing Paulie and Cara Maria from The Challenge. That was a big interview for us. We had a lot of fun with that. They were great. They, they just, they were, they were ready to bury everybody. Total pro wrestlers, Paula and Kari. So, Paula and Kari, uh, Polly and Kara. Uh, oh yeah. Go over to fightfuloverbook.com. That's non-wrestling stuff that we do. We do have a weekly non-wrestling show for those of you who enjoy sports and reality television. SB3 and I do that every week. We had no upset with pillar to post. One of my favorite shows to do. Uh, Connor Casey was there, uh, defending his interim title. SB3 buried again. Kate and, and Chris Mueller are on the show. I love doing pillar to post. I appreciate everybody who checks that out and supports that show. It's really Really fun time uh, yesterday. What did we drop yesterday? We dropped the Paul and Car Car interview yesterday. We had a new interview or new new episode of uh, the Joshi Dreamcast with Scotty Wrestling that went up yesterday. Next week, uh, the Bread Club, uh, Mark and and um, Kieran for, uh, talking New Japan. The G1 Climax is in the middle of its run right now, so that that's dropping next week. Today, later on today, day after Dynamite with Will Washington. I'm in the office. I'll be making my run in on day after dynamite later on today. So you can go, you can go check that out. The series, the series premiere of the series dropped on Saturday. Joel and I are doing a new show called newsworthy. Tim and Joel call it in the ring tag talk with Haley and Kylie. They've been in on the hung bucks. They've been telling you for weeks about the hung bucks. If you listen to Haley and Kylie. Uh, so go check out tag talk. A lot of cool stuff. We're doing at play over books. So go, go subscribe. Go, go support all that stuff. Guys, thank you. Thank you again. Really appreciate it. Everyone enjoy your Thursday. Have a good afternoon and evening and weekend, everyone. Bye, everybody.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.